0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Backstage Cinema, the best destination for all things movies, movie making, and more. I'm your host, Jaden. Joined with me today is Liam. Hello. Uh, it has been a long time. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, It's been a long time. Last episode that we did was at the very end of August. Uh, I don't really have any excuses. Ike and I, I believe we mentioned in the last one we'd moved into an apartment. Uh, we really just got lazy. I lost a couple episodes that we made. Um, on my PC, so that sucks because at least one of them is really funny. The other one we weren't totally in love with, but because it's a new year, we're going to look back on the previous year, 2023. At the beginning of the year, Ike and I put together our list of favorite or most anticipated films of the year. Ike obviously is not with us today. We're going to have a part two of this episode out probably in the next few days, Uh, but Liam is going to give his top 10. I don't know if you have on you like movies that you were excited about at the beginning
1: of the year i didn't yeah i didn't make an anticipated list but there were if i go through here i can find movies that i yeah definitely was excited for
0: but let me just quickly go through what i expected and then we'll uh, see how close it was i'm not going to really do honorable mentions just because you know there's no need and i actually didn't even watch all these films uh, but my number eleven was Killers of the Flower Moon, which I will be talking about. I'm, I think you will as well.
1: I'll yeah, I'll mention it.
0: But my top ten, man, it's rough. <laughs> a lot of them are on my top ten, but a few of them are like just awful. My ten was tied with Creed Three, and Indiana Jones Five, which <laughs> that that aged well. <laughs> yep. Number nine was Bo's Afraid. Uh, eight was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I had Asteroid City at 7. Barbie at 6. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse at 5. John Wick 4 at 4. Three was Wonka. I think I was just riding high on the... Uh, yeah, on the t- Shalamet Shalamet trying, yeah, from Dune. I will bring that up uh, in my honorable mentions. Number two was Oppenheimer, and number one didn't come out. That was Dune Part 2. I had a few movies in my honorable mentions that I got pushed in until next year. There's a reason that a lot of the movies... Uh, we didn't get to see, and there was a strike. Since we last recorded, I want to say the strike happened literally in its entirety.
1: I think it did. It, I mean, it was, what, two months?
0: Yeah. It started at the end of July, during July.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we
0: talked briefly about it, but, yeah, the strike ended, what, like a month and a half ago? Something like that, yeah, back in November, I think. And, yeah, um, who would have thought that it wouldn't even have mattered because no one is watching films, but... We'll talk about that at the end. Anyways, we're just – I'm rambling. We're going to dive into this. We're going to do um, 10 honorable mentions. We're not really going to talk about them much. We'll just say a line here or there. But once we get to our top 10, obviously, we'll we'll break down. I think a few of ours are going to be overlapping. I think our top
1: five might our, be similar, yeah, they're but super our, our similar. bottom five are definitely different. In no particular order, by the way, because I didn't feel like ranking these. I, they, they all landed about a – eight out of ten on my list so we have dungeons and dragons yep wonka killers of the fire moon napoleon and dumb money those are five of mine
0: nice i have mine in a particular order so i'll go through them go for it my number 20 was called nothing except everything it is a short film a student film that's on youtube unbelievable highly encourage you all to check it out but i think last year i had just like a terrible film that I had a blast with and my terrible film this year was The Blackening. <laughs> that movie was hilarious, so I have that there. Uh, number 18, Liam's going to love this because he loves sports, was the Kelsey documentary about the Kelsey brothers. <laughs> we're
1: just going to skip through that. I, for, for a second there, I thought you were going to say Air, but I know that definitely wasn't it.
0: Air Air is number 22. 17 was Rye Lane. That was a Hulu exclusive. movie was baller. Uh, number 16 was the Taylor Swift, the heiress tour. <laughs> yeah, hear me out before y'all come from my head. The production was great. The atmosphere of everybody there was awesome. Uh, Yeah, I had a really good time. It's what, like was three I, a half hour. Was I working
1: the night that you watched that?
0: I don't think so because I went to see it at the green. Oh, okay. Yeah, I it
1: wasn't there then. Yeah.
0: I'll say about that because I, I, I didn't like Taylor Swift going in. I do like her more now. I was like literally every other song. I'm like, oh, I didn't know she sang this. Oh, I that's know she that's said. how I
1: felt whenever I would walk past a the theater that was playing it, and I would hear one of her songs. I'm like, I didn't realize that this was Taylor Swift. Yeah, which call me ignorant, whatever. I True, I, I I'd say the same thing. And
0: I will say, well, there's two movies that will I think are both in our top ten that obviously changed the game of the box office and actually saved this year. It's
1: Barbenheimer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Taylor Swift was just as big of a deal. Oh yeah. I it, mean, it, it, was it rough. saved. I mean, October box office was not looking good. No, same in November. I think
0: it still took number one in November. I could be wrong.
1: We've got Grand Turismo, which I know no, you I... didn't you didn't love it as much as I did. But it's I thought still it was... it's still up there for me. Just from a, a cinematography standpoint. It's in the top forty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have TMNT: Mutant Mayhem, yep. which was arguably uh, one of the best animated movies of the year. And then uh, Super Mario Bros., which you know i i'm sure a lot of people overhyped it when it first it's came out fun. i think it still holds up yeah i agree but it, i think it's a little little overhyped and yeah. then uh the last on my official uh, honorable mentions list is asteroid city which was slightly disappointing yeah. but the more i sat on it and like i watched a couple reviews and breakdowns of it and i i appreciate it more now if i was to add one to that to make it an even 10 uh, I'd probably put Dream Scenario or The Iron Claw because yeah, that's fair. those both have stellar acting from the main leads. They're yeah. the lead actors. And, I mean, Dream Scenario is just hilarious, and Iron Claw is heart-wrenching. So, yeah.
0: yeah, I I have
1: Asteroid City in my at number 26,
0: and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at 24. I like both of them. Don't get me wrong. I think that my expectations
1: were so high that I came out of it like – that was good, but I don't think it was great. We we were we were expecting another Grand Budapest Hotel, Ex- exactly, and we yeah. didn't get that. So we did
0: get one, which I'll bring up in a minute. That is very similar to that. Uh, I also want to add: last year, when Ike and I do- discussed this, I had seen seventy seven films. This year, I saw
1: uh, eighty five. So say oh, I have you, no you life. Beat you beat me by like fifteen. When I, when I counted <laughs> last off last year, you probably didn't have that much at all. I though. had like 28 tickets saved last year. I think this year I had 62. Yeah. So I, I just barely doubled it. Yeah, keep in mind, a few of these are going to be streaming,
0: at least for me. I think you probably saw all of yours in theaters.
1: Yeah, I don't have hardly any streaming movies yeah. on here at all.
0: So my next five, sadly at 15, I have John Wick 4. And that was my number fourth most anticipated film of the year. I loved it, I thought it was great. However, I think upon rewatch, a few re-watches, I just didn't. I don't know. I don't think any of the films have captured the magic of the first one. How, in my how many opinion. times
1: did you see John McFour? Three. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would definitely knock it down a little bit for me too. Because I only saw it once, so I think I'm riding. On oh yeah. the first impressions high.
0: I think I'm the same way because I remember Justin. And I saw that one. Shout out, Justin. We love you. Uh, opening night, and it, A, it was packed. B, it was just an absolute blast. But like. I don't know. Maybe we'll dive into that one in another video, but I just... It was good. Oh. Real
1: quick, I want to I want to touch on this. I yeah. think I think rewatches have a lot to do with... Um, the quality. Ha- like the, Yeah, the quality of a think. movie. Because there's a couple movies on my top 10 list that might be in a different spot had I only watched them once. That's very valid. So... I agree with that we'll, entirely. We'll get... Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, my 14, and this I think does what you just said. I have The Covenant, which was the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, Mm -hmm. war film. I had zero expectation. I thought it was going to be bad. It was actually a really good film. It reminded me of what The Book of Boba Fett was trying to do. If you've seen it, then you know. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, 13 for me was Wonka. I don't know what, what else I can say. I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah. I probably enjoyed it more than you because oh, I no. wouldn't be quiet. I I don't well I mean yes, but that's
1: because you're sitting between Justin and Matthew. <laughs> yeah, we were we were singing like the whole time. I've I've had that soundtrack on repeat for like the past
0: week. It's so it's good. really good. My twelve might surprise a lot of people, but I really liked it, especially upon rewatch, is the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Nice. I thought that's it was baller. A, that's
1: a good pick, actually. It's
0: very good. And then number 11 is my version of last year's Bullet Train. That is Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, you, I wanted to say sea of, gonna be sea of Thieves, it... but that's not it. Um, it's, uh, Honor Among Thieves. Honor Among Thieves, yeah. Probably the most fun
1: I've had. Nobody really knew what to expect from it. Uh, because yeah. I feel like a lot of... I, I don't want to like separate fandoms here, but I feel like... People that play Dungeons and Dragons probably don't, like, go to the movies very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. Just, just like, not as, like, a derogatory thing, yeah, yeah, just, like, yeah, in general, yeah, because mean. they're very different hobbies. Um, so I feel like most of the people, well, I mean, not most of the people, but a lot of people that went to see D&D didn't really know what to expect, other than just some weird fantasy movie. And yeah. it was a weird fantasy movie, but it was really good.
0: Those are honorable mentions. Obviously, honorable mentions can change, and like Liam just said, you know. Maybe a week down the line, some of our honorable mentions are in the top 10, and some of our top
1: 10 drop out. It just all mm-hmm. it depends, depends on, on re-watch rewatches and, and how you're feeling. I'll, I'll, pretty much my entire honorable mentions list is how I'm feeling on the day. Yeah. like Do I really want to rewatch Gran Turismo, or do I want to rewatch Wonka? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a very valid way of putting it, but let's dive into it. I guess we'll just go one at a time. My number 10 is Barbie.
1: Mine is the same. Okay, so we can, we can agree on a lot of this, I think. So yeah. I originally had Barbie at uh 7 i think i might have 5 because um or at least when i first was making my list i was going through and looking at all the movies that i had ranked um like 8 and 9 out of 10 and barbie was in in the 8 out of 10 group mm. and after some thought like it's it's still really good but i feel like a lot of it comes from the hype of yes. the summer mm-hmm. like just that that, it was an event movie. That and Oppenheimer, you know, it was an event. So if you remove the movie from the event, it kind of diminishes in quality, I think. But yeah. that's not to say that it's not a good movie, obviously. But that, that for me is what put it at the number 10 spot.
0: I, I would agree. I think, A, the hype. Um, oh yeah, actually, we did talk about this on. I, I was curious if we talked about this on the movie vault. We talked about Barbie in the movie vault. Obviously, you know that when we watched it, we got kicked out because there was a fire. Oh, upon, I remember that. Yeah. Upon rewatch, I thought it was much better all the way through. Obviously, like you know, when when you're missing 30 minutes of the movie, you're you're gonna feel like it was empty. It was it was really good. Uh, upon rewatch, like outside of the theater experience, it reminded me. Uh, th- these are both good films by the way i'm not i'm not saying this is a bad film but it reminded me of watching no way home in the comfort of your own home and there's like particular moments that is very much there's like room for the crowd to react mm-hmm. positive or negative negative. and like that's how i felt about barbie the soundtrack's great the acting i mean it's nothing great everyone's here for a, a fun time and it was the number one movie of the year for a reason I also keep in mind these are our top 10 favorites. So if you disagree, like we're not hating on these films, like I I, I don't know about you, but I think that my 6 through 1 could it could be in any order. Like I love all those yeah, films that much.
1: The so. the hardest for me was definitely deciding like what's going to go in the the middle of the pack my yeah, my top like my top 3 or 4 was pretty set in stone and my last 3 or 4 were pretty set yeah. in stone, but everything in the middle was Kind of difficult to decide. Yeah, those are our number tens. Though, what's your number nine? My number nine is a movie that a lot of my coworkers actually really liked and put in their top three, uh, which is Saltburn. Nice. So, I mean, I didn't know what to expect going into this, I and I—I th- I think it shattered all of my existing expectations for better or for worse. Um, I was—I was expecting a bit of a. I don't know how to say this. We um, can't really
0: dive into spoilers because you need to go into this blind.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's that's a good point. Saul is one of those movies where if you know anything about it, it's going to diminish the, exp- the yeah, watching experience. Agree. But I mean, we we all know what kind of what kind of an actor Barry Keegan is, like he does yeah. very eccentric roles, very interesting, like deep character dive roles and I mean this is no exception. He's phenomenal in the movie, but the it's such a weird story, too. It's very bizarre. I don't want to say too much.
0: Yeah, I've only seen it once, and I can actually just watch this a few days ago, so I'm curious where, it, if, if it's in its top ten. I think it'll be better upon a rewatch because there's going to be a lot of little details that at the end they kind of just dump on you. You're like, oh, I didn't catch any of that. Then maybe you'll be able to notice, but yeah, I think that's all we can say. Uh, my number nine is Killers of the Flower Moon, which I don't know, man. I... <laughs> I thought this was gonna be like a top three film. This was gonna be like Martin Scorsese's like absolute like one of his best films ever, and it was good. I can I'd put it in the great category. I think if I ever rewatch it, it I might love it even more. But mm-hmm. I don't see myself rewatching this that's that's Eight, why I put for it, years
1: yeah same that that's why i put it in my honorable mentions because i was so unsure about how i felt about it like i yeah. i know it's a great film and i'm sure if i rewatch it i'll have a blast with it yeah but i i was so indecisive about where to put it that i just decided to kick it to honorable mentions yeah that's very fair I would say that of all of the characters, well, first off, Lily Gladstone deserves an
0: Oscar nomination. Yeah, absolutely, she was unbelievable in this film. No,
1: it's- no disrespect to DiCaprio or De Niro, but I, yeah, yeah, Lily Gladstone absolutely stole yeah. the movie. I think that Leonardo's character was good, uh
0: Robert De Niro's character, I mean you're supposed to hate him and he does an excellent job it, of that.
1: I think I said this when we watched it. It reminds me of Tom Hanks in Elvis. Yeah. Such a great actor playing such a dislikable character. Yeah.
0: And that's not that's no shade. Like that's that is the biggest compliment you can give his character.
1: We had that again, um, for our in our number one movie that happened.
0: That that is true, and we'll get to that. Uh, down the line. I think the two or my three biggest takeaways of this a, the dialogue is unbelievable. This is like one of the best written films. Set design is also very good. I, I I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure most of that town was completely
1: built from the ground up for that film. I mean, this isn't really a Western to say, but a lot of Westerns had practical sets back in the day. So it's, I I mean, you
0: could consider it a Western. uh, My biggest takeaway though, and this, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but it has a very strange ending. I don't know how you felt about the end because I don't want to spoil it, but I was it, just yeah, like,
1: it, it actually took me really? a second to remember how that movie even ended because it was so, uh, dis- disconnected from yeah. the rest of the film. And it's abrupt. It is very abrupt. I think I liked it. Um, I, I think after such a long, not to say monotonous, but like very, uh, thematically consistent film. Yeah. I think having that abrupt change to the style at the end is interesting. I'm not going to say it's, the right choice or the wrong choice or like yeah. the best thing for the movie, but I think it works well enough. Yeah,
0: for me, it reminded me of Babylon, which mm. the the further away I've got from that film, the more I've appreciated I, that. Ending. I want to
1: rewatch it sometime.
0: I look, I mean, y'all can say whatever you want. I think we talked about it last year. I really like that movie. I think. You liked it, right?
1: Yeah, all three of us we Justin Justin loved we, it. Yeah, none of us knew what to it was kind of like Saltburn. None of us knew what to expect. We were all pleasantly surprised. Yeah.
0: But that's my number 9. I think this is where we're going
1: to. Yeah, this this is where our our uh go ways diverge yeah. for sure. Uh my number 8 is John Wick 4, which nice. you had in your honorable mentions, I think. Yep. Um this is the action movie of the year. Like if you Absolutely. if you just want to go see Good stunt work and like innovative uh, combat choreographs and just the the stuff you never thought that you would see put into gunfights. Yeah, you see Th- it. this. This is the movie. Like the it it takes the cake. Um, I love all four of the John Wick films. It's really difficult for me to um point out things that I don't like about them. I think the first one is probably still the best. Yeah. But the fourth one, while being really long, uh, it keeps you engaged. Every, it has four very distinct um, set pieces for each major uh, combat scene. And, it I mean, it keeps you hooked the entire time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, the only other film I think that is on that level that came out this year is Sisu. And I, Which I didn't get a chance to watch. I still don't that. think it touches on the action. I, Yeah, I mean, we can talk – there's a few films that we can probably talk minor spoilers because it's all it's been so long. If you haven't seen John Wick and you want to get off – I mean, we already did a massive spoiler dive in on that film. But I think the most impressive eh, – when, when was – oh, John Wick was back in March. Okay, yeah. Maybe it's not the most impressive, but I don't know. I love the scene where the camera goes following John Wick into – I don't know what I can't remember.
1: It's been so long oh, what the um, building is. The is it the last action scene with the apartment building?
0: Yeah, yeah, and the apartment building. And then the camera pulls up to like this overhead shot mm. that just follows I, I mean for at least three minutes. It's like just a really long one take. It's it that was for me the scene I was like
1: Yeah, that they, that's that was sweet. That's the scene that put this on my top ten because the the opening scene um in the Japanese Continental is is great. I yeah. love that scene. Um, especially with, um, Donnie Yen's character. Holy crap. But, um, yeah, the apartment, uh, scene at the end, it, a YouTuber that I watched said that it felt like a video game where each fight in this movie is just like the next level in a video game where it's harder and more interesting. And the camera angle in this last fight scene is exactly that. Like it's. It feels like you're playing a Metal Gear game. Yeah, no, honestly, that's,
0: that's very fair.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll get a fifth one. Uh, actually, the only
0: other John Wick thing that came out this year, I, I haven't watched. I don't know if you have, is the Continental, and apparently that sucked. I didn't watch it, so maybe maybe we'll watch that eventually. But my number eight was actually all of these so far have been on my my top ten, I believe. Oh no, no, Killers wasn't. Um, my number. Ten. Year 10,
1: ten. Anticipated. You mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the year. Mm. Um, my number eight was Creed three. Mm. Um, look, I'm gonna be honest. It isn't that great of a film, but I absolutely adore all of the Rocky films except five. Five can go to hell and kill itself. I don't really <laughs> care. Um, I really like Creed one, Creed two, and obviously now Creed three. Uh, I can get into my reasons why, except one of them, because <laughs> m- my my main reason of loving this film so much is a, it's Michael B. Jordan's first time directing, and there's a lot of anime inspiration. Some of it works really well, some of it doesn't work all that well. But I think that this is the best choreographed fights. It's the most like intimate fights. Like there are some actual body shots that you're like, I felt that. Like there's there's there. I I can't remember what scene it is, but there's one where he gets hit in the ribs and it's like a Zack Snyder slow-mo shot on the impact and you're like, yeah, I felt that one. Um, music choice is always banging. Michael Jordan can get a good selection of artists to put some stuff together, but I think the the standout character for me was Jonathan Majors and <laughs> man, <laughs> he, uh, this man had his whole life ahead of him after this year. This was his year in film and obviously... We all know what happened as of a few weeks ago. If you don't, Jonathan Majors was found guilty in the domestic violence issue with, I believe, his ex girlfriend now. Um, you know, things happen, but sadly, this man decided to throw his life away. But yeah, that's my uh, number eight. I don't really have too much I, to say. It's been so long since I've seen it. It's like, it's coming back to me, but
1: not all the way. I, I remember you, like, you, you talked to me about this movie a couple times after yeah, you, you saw it. You didn't it. see it. Because you, you kept wanting me to see it, like, really bad. It was good. And dude. I just – I didn't feel like taking the time to watch the first two because I hadn't seen them yet. Yeah. So, I'm like, I don't want to – yeah. But I'm I'm sure it is. I
0: I'll, I guess the last thing I'll add to this is this is the rarest instance where a spinoff, a very unnecessary spinoff that never needed to be existed, uh, not only elevates the original, like, films, but – In some ways, it it improves upon the issue – like a lot of the issues of the Rocky films, like Creed, actually gets those things right. I can't think of many – like I mean you might be able to say like, oh, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, but a lot of people don't like the Hobbit movies. I like them. I think you like them
1: too. Not really.
0: (laughs) Oh, my bad, my bad. I, I, For some reason, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. you have only seen them like once, right? Yeah, but I'm I'm a certified Hobbit movie hater because I adore the book. Well, okay, I agree with that. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what are other, like... Like other spinoffs that make the original better? Oh, Rogue One. That, Rogue One that, that is the number the one example, yeah.
0: yeah. Rogue One, you could say some of the Marvel films that, like, you know, are spinoffs of the Avengers or whatever. But, like, man, I obviously now, now it is a lot easier with social media. Like, you know, we can voice our opinions on everything. Jack Black is playing steve in the minecraft movie and i've seen a lot of people hating and loving on that but like when creed came out i think we were both too young that i don't remember what people thought i was like 13 yeah going in but like man those films are really good and every time i watch him i'm like all right i'm my life is changing tomorrow i'm gonna yep. get in the gym i'm gonna start boxing but i'm gonna drink eggs in the morning <laughs> <laughs> it, well i've done that once it's disgusting but yeah. that that is my uh that's my number eight so
1: all right moving on to number seven <laughs> This is where it gets really interesting. I feel like I'm gonna to have to explain my way out of this one. Um, my number seven is The Boy and the Heron. Uh which have you seen it yet? Still haven't. Uh, okay. I need I'll, to watch it. I'll, soon. I'll try to keep this short then so I don't spoil this too much because this is similar to Saltburn in where you you don't wanna know anything before you go into it. Yeah. Um It's on my watch list. Yeah. It's still it's still number number two. Yeah. So I don't know, anybody that knows Studio Ghibli films knows that they're absolute bangers, but also they have a lot of, like, hidden meaning to them. Yep. Uh, I would say The Boy and the Heron is the epitome of both of those things. This movie is phenomenal. I loved both of the viewings. I watched the English and the Japanese version, but there's there's so much abstractness in the storytelling and the characters that um, I actually I took notes the second time I watched it to try to piece together... Um, some of the hidden meanings and like all of the callbacks or connections between mm. characters and plot points and stuff. But you don't even have to do that. If you just want to have a good experience, there was, um, there was a couple that came to the theater that uh, they had some time to kill before their Wonka show time that night. And I, I had recommended a couple of movies and one of them was the boy in the heron. And they, they actually ended up walking out because they said it wasn't their cup of tea. But I think that uh, just solidifies uh, my opinion on this movie about it being one of the best of the year in that it's not for everybody, but for the people that it is for, it's it's going to be yeah. one of their favorites. That's fair. Also, I I don't have to say it too much, but the animation and the music and the voice acting in both the English and Japanese versions are a 10 out of 10. This yeah. This movie is... I might move it up a couple spots, but it, yeah, it's really, it's really hard to beat my my top six. Yeah, but, yeah. I I could watch Boy in the Heron again for sure.
0: Yeah, I, again, I haven't seen it yet.
1: It's in my most or my watch list. The
0: animation is unbelievable. I I, I can tell you that much. Um, the reason they walked out is because he wanted to get his Wonka willied, But <laughs> hey, all right, I'm I'm done with that. Yeah. Uh, that was your number seven. That was my seven. Oh oh man news uh no i'm looking at letterboxd i convinced jack to watch godzilla he gave it four out of five stars five, oh, yeah that's fair that's valid um i was expecting him to put it higher anyways um my number seven uh well you already talked about it saltburn now i've only seen it once I probably need to watch it again uh like i already said i went into this expecting a horror movie for some reason i don't to be honest, I don't know why. Did you see the trailer? No, I, oh, went, okay. I I tried to go into this one blind. I saw the cast and I saw Jacob and Barry, and I was like, "Yep, I'm gonna love this movie." And I really, really liked this movie. It's. I I can. I were talking about it during the movie. There were a few scenes where, like, I think he was a little lost, and there were some moments where I was a little lost. Where like we're like, "Well, that wasn't explained all too well," or like, "How did they go from this to this?" Um, but the movie's just weird it is weird i text yeah actually i'm not gonna say what i said but i i texted you during the movie
1: and i was like there, there was a particular scene where you made a joke about yeah. what's gonna happen there and were who yeah and, two then they, and then they both happened
0: where i was like imagine if so, like there's no way this is gonna happen and it would happen like the movie is i think my my, my review of it is literally just this is the horniest movie of the year <laughs> this is not a movie i would recommend watching with a lot of people this i watched gonna, this with my mom <laughs> Oh, even better. <laughs> yeah, it was great. There is there is some weird, weird stuff. But I think the best part about this movie, other than the acting, I think the acting is unbelievable. The song choice, like this is supposed to be set, The most of this movie is set in the early 2000s, and it feels... Very
1: 2000s. For especially two- the uh, costume design.
0: Costume design. The way it's shot, too, is very similar to movies set in the 2000s.
1: Also, real quick, I don't know what you're going to say this, the best aspect of the movie is, but I want to give a shout-out to the lighting technicians oh, because yeah. um, especially in the the birthday party scene towards the end of the movie. It's phenomenal Oh, my lighting. gosh. The lighting I, is great all the way through. I, I know a little bit of, like... How difficult it is to set up good lighting, especially for uh video, but especially for photography because mm-hmm. that's what I do mostly. But, yeah, setting up good lighting for, like, capturing motion is extremely difficult, and they handle it masterfully in this movie.
0: Yeah. My, my favorite aspect of the film, other than – obviously, Barry's character is really good. Jacob's character is supposed to be kind of like the guy that you f- relate to because – well, I don't want to say you necessarily relate to, him, relate to him, but he seems like he's he's almost
1: perfect in like every way. Yeah, even though Barry Keegan's character is the protagonist, I feel like Jacob Elordi's character is the the good guy of yeah. the story,
0: so to speak. The way the movie plays out, though, you expect something to happen with his character. like You expect him to snap or something. I'm not going to say what happens because there is something that happens. But I think my favorite part, aspect on a technical level is the way that it's shot is – Awesome. It's shot in a 4x3 ratio, I believe, for most of the film. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember how.
1: That was the first thing I noticed when I watched the trailer because it's entirely in 4x3.
0: Yeah. It looks great. But because 4x3 is so limiting, they have to force depth perspective. And one of the big things that I noticed is they're shooting further back. So there's a lot of – one of the things, especially when it comes to video making, is you typically want – And this is obviously an illusion, but a lot of video making or like things I've done are more documentary style. You want to have the imaginary six inches to a foot from the top of somebody's head to the top of where the screen gets cut off. And this movie doesn't do that. This movie will have scenes where they're literally talking and they're at the bottom half of the screen to really blow out the uh, set design. Or in a lot of ways, they do... No, I can't even say that because that really gives it away. But there's some scenes where the shots are, like, really claustrophobic. They're really tight on the person or the particular subject or object or whatever it is. The way it's shot, I think, was really, really cool. And, again, it reminded me of early 2000s films that I've seen. So that was a big
1: win for that. I think they had to do that specific, like, camera lens technique to – Handle the um the set design because there's oh, yeah. there's so much going on in each room or each like set that they're performing on that in order to like not clutter the frame or not have weird cutoffs on the edge they have to yeah like expand the field of view of the camera absolutely the last fifteen minutes too also is just like every
0: scene you're like what the hell am I watching like this is horrible not in like not in a bad way. not in a bad way like, like yeah, a really weird the, the content way. in the yeah.
1: movie itself is. Graphic
0: and the very final scene is just—it is the final nail in the coffin for how weird <laughs> this movie is. It works perfectly, but imagine like this is the movie you have on at a house party and you got you know guests coming to and from, and somebody walks in to this scene like they're gonna, like they're they're gonna be so confused as to what you're watching. But that's
1: and, and that could go for like a few, most of a the few scenes, scenes. But yeah. That most in of particular, the
0: like if you walk in, and you're like, why? You're like, what the hell am I watching? And then it just cuts to black. You're like, yep. Hold on, what? But I don't know. I really liked it. Again, I, I thought it was going to be good, especially when you said that you liked it. But at the same time, I was like, eh, it's probably going to be decent, but I was expecting horror. So like, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. by what I watched so. uh, uh, and grossed out, too.
1: So, so a tag I want to add to that is um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name because it's spelled fine. But um, the lead from Gran Turismo, which is one of my honorable mentions, mm-hmm. uh, Archie, whatever his last name is. Um, he arguably has a better performance in Saltburn than his oh, late, than his performance in Gran yeah. Turismo. I I was excited to find out that he was in this movie, but he yeah I don't want to say he steals the scenes, but he does a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, he's supposed to. They set him up like he's the bully, but he he's he's almost like you kind of understand his like his yeah. his point of view on everything. He was also in is Afraid, but I cannot remember really. What character
1: he played? Yeah, I don't remember that at all. He might have. He was probably some of the, like one of the characters in the woods during the play. He he was, but I just can't remember which that, one. In that that seems so crowded. I don't even remember. Yeah, that was a weird movie. That is not my top. ten. No, That's not on that my top much, ten either. But... I loved that movie, but yeah. Yeah,
0: moving on to number six. Number
1: six. All right, I think, I think you'll agree with my positioning for this movie. I don't even know where it's at on your list, but uh, my my number six is the creator, valid, which. Ballad is kind of one of the more controversial movies of the year, I think. Very. Um this movie's gotten very mixed reviews, mainly for uh criticisms of unoriginal topics or unoriginal yeah, or uh, it's funny. concepts. Why do you say it's funny?
0: Just because in the day and age that we live in, oh. like, what is original, <laughs> yeah. you know?
1: Um but yeah I I think the the reason this movie is so high on my list, I saw it twice, uh first time in IMAX. But the reason it's so high on my list, i oh, say high. It's number six. still um, high. Yeah. Compared to, uh, yeah for, I mean, films, out of yeah. 10, I think six is pretty high. Yeah. Um, I think it handles it's unoriginal concepts very well, well enough uh, in tandem with its original um, setting, I guess. Yeah. To, to, to pull off like a really good story. And, like seriously, this is all stuff you've seen before. Like it's it's a adult protagonist that has to escort a child protagonist, the last one. the the, okay. the the kid that is the key to everything or whatever. Yeah. Like it's it, you've seen this a thousand times. You've seen yeah. sci fi missiles a thousand times. You've seen airstrikes a thousand times. I, I, but it's so it's so it's just good. Yeah. It's good cinema. It, there's there's not a whole lot wrong with it. There's not a whole lot outstanding with it. It's just good cinema.
0: It is an original sci-fi film that does a million things that a million other sci-fi films have done and fallen way short of. And it just does it right. And I cannot remember for certain, but I think the budget is eighty million dollars. I might yeah, be able
1: to I was just about to say I'd be
0: I it won't get nominated for best visual effects, but if this movie does not get some sort of award for that budget, mm. oh my god, this movie looks incredible. Put yeah. that in line with Quantum Mania. It's $250 million it mean, any... looks
1: trash. Like, well, let's say... Um, what else did we say? Aquaman. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like... Okay, so D&D. d d has phenomenal VFX.
0: But there's a lot of scenes that you're like, oh, that ain't great.
1: Well, yeah, but D&D's budget was... I mean, what, an average Hollywood studio blockbuster? $100 million. 100 million okay. So it's still under... Oh, well, yeah. Okay. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. But, like, for most C- CGI fest movies that have big budgets, like... Even if it's good CGI, you can still compare that to the creator and say that the creator does as good of a job as the big budget films, even with yeah. an $80 million budget. I think a lot of the
0: reason – well, I have that. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, my number six is The Iron Claw, which you had mm. in your I, – I was going to add mentions. it to my honorable
1: mentions, but I didn't watch it until the day before yesterday.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love this film uh, for a few reasons. Uh, one it was A24, and I'm gonna be honest. I don't think A24 did a great job this year. Last year they, I mean, every movie was an absolute mm-hmm. banger for the most part. Other than men, men was terrible, for <laughs> one particular reason. Um, but I wasn't huge on Bo is Afraid. I was like, eh, I mean, you know. And there's a few other ones that I'm not gonna get into. We'll talk about A24 in the next few weeks, um, when their movie Civil War comes out. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> which maybe we'll. Yeah, we'll talk about that one in a little bit here. Um, I remember when the first picture of this came out, I think a year and a half ago, with Zac Efron. And keep in mind, this was right after his incident. So I've seen a lot of people like criticizing the makeup team. Brother, he just looks like that. Like that's. No- I'm not throwing shade at him. Like, bro was in some sort of... A- I can't remember exactly. You what know what's
1: funny? Was. I totally forgot that he even had that done. Yeah. Like, I... I- I didn't notice it at all in his expressions yeah, in the movie.
0: I don't think it's a distraction. Um. Anyways, uh, let me let me get into the film real yeah. quick. Uh, my dad is a huge wrestling fan, so I grew up definitely a fan of the WWE and AW and stuff like that. So, like, a we were going to see this movie. Highly encourage you not to go watch it with a wrestling fan because that will spoil every scene before <laughs> it happens. But if you don't know the story of the Von Ericks this family basically top of top of the line they're like real up there when it comes to wrestling and they just get hit with tragedy after tragedy after tragedy there's a few tragedies that don't even make it into the final cut of this movie but it is just a brutal watch like every scene you're like surely this doesn't get worse and things just keep going bad for them by the end of the day the movie actually has a really powerful and hopeful message that like the, the last scene in particular i thought was a really sweet ending to the film um, I, I was
1: kinda surprised because everything I heard about it beforehand, which wasn't a whole lot, yeah. But everything I heard said that it was like it's not gonna be a happy movie. And it's not really a happy no. movie, but it has a strangely happy ending. Like yeah. you're you're glad like when you when the movie's finished, you're sad about what happened during the movie, but you're happy about how it ended. Exactly. Which, which is, yeah. A strange middle ground to hit, I think. Yeah,
0: and it's really a weird thing to say in a movie that's all about death and tragedy and different circumstances where, like, really, there's, like, a happy ending to this? Um, but I thought, A, the acting is incredible. I think everyone did a really good job. It has, for the most part, good dialogue. I mean, there's a few scenes at the end with some little kids that you're like, my God, you guys don't know how to act, but they're little kids, so I'll, I'll give them a break with that. Um, Still
1: not as bad as Blackout. True.
0: Zach Afron better get... An Oscar nominee uh, nomination because this is his best role I have ever seen him in I was pleasantly surprised he was the only person of the cast that I was a little iffy on because you know we all know him from High School Musical and just a lot of bad performances I mean he was okay in Baywatch okay that's that's a take <laughs> but yeah I thought he did a great job um the wrestling aspect is almost one-to-one with what actually happened. Like, a lot of the fights are great. There's a particular montage in the middle that, dude, you just get so hyped, mm. and you're like, I want to go fight an army. Like, I I really, really like the film. It, it starts out in a way that, I mean, it's almost setting you up for failure. It's not one of those, like, it, it almost starts in one of those, like, so you're probably wondering how I got into this certain situation. Almost like how Deadpool, Deadpool I think, made it popular. Like where the movie I, just like, I think
1: Emperor's New Groove did it the best.
0: That is true. That is true. I'm, I, yeah, I, I was thinking more of the past like 10 years or so. Yeah, but this movie starts out with almost kind of like a, I think, Zach Efron's character, Kevin, kind of like recapping, like, so people
1: think my family's is Ball. And you're like, it's oh, almost like a Spider Man, like Sam Raimi Spider Man yeah. narration type thing,
0: but I think it works really, really well. There's a couple scenes. There's a. I think my biggest issue with this because it is really high on the list. I don't have many issues. My biggest issue is there's some pacing issues, especially in the back half, where like there, there, there's there's a few moments. I don't. I mean, you can say your thoughts on this too, because I I think you said you had some pacing issues. Mm -hmm. There's some times where I feel like they don't let you breathe enough. Like there could there could be another maybe 10ish minutes, because there's just a. You get hit with a lot really quickly, and it's like you're just going from craziness to the next and you're like oh my gosh like th- there's a particular moment in particular that I feel like you need to be able to sit in the tragedy to become okay accept it and move on to the next which is a weird thing to say but
1: i mean i, I, I agree they all of the the tragedies that happen to them they all come pretty rapid fire but i don't think that's necessarily a pacing issue like if that's what happened in real life that's what happened in real life yeah. you know, you're going to tell the story how it happened for that's the most true. part at least um, my issue with the pacing was I felt like it almost dragged a little bit in the middle which yeah, that's, fair. that's it, fair. it might just be me I don't know I was I mean I was pretty tired that day for yeah. four movies but um, I think upon a rewatch I would definitely be able to tell if it has any sort of like low moments in terms of pacing but I think it was good for the most part yeah
0: Um, what was that I was That was number six. six yeah oh yeah and I already said that my well 6 I 6 I love. But I think my 5 through 1, man. You hit me on a certain Well actually my 1 is solid. But 2 yeah. through 5 any given day this could become my number 2. And any given day it could drop down to number 5. That's just
1: I I love every one of these films. I think my 2 through 5 is almost seasonal given what they are. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's kind, it's I feel weird. the same way, yeah. Um number 5. Yeah, number 5. All right, my number 5 um I, I had to think about this one for a while. Uh, my number five is Across the Spider Verse, which what? No I'm kidding. I I tried to convince myself that I didn't like this movie as much as I did because Spider Man is such a huge, like such such a huge fan massive base. IP. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody it. knows Spider Man, so I mean, this movie being the sequel to one of the best Spider Man movies ever, it's gonna get huge fan praise like everybody's gonna love this movie regardless of if it's actually as good as people say it is which I think it's a little overhyped but I think also just as a movie like not even a Spider-Man movie just as a, I mean I guess you could call it a superhero movie like yeah. put it in that category for now but take, like remove remove it from the Spider-Man movie category just put it as a superhero movie it's great it's just great to watch oh, like absolutely yeah and also, I'm a sucker for animated movies, so I loved every second of this.
0: It's the best animation when, all
1: year. Yeah, for sure. Whenever I had a, like a uh, a slow moment or downtime at the theater, this is the movie that I would go pop in and watch a bit of. Like, I just pop in, watch thirty seconds, two minutes of it. Whenever I heard um, whatever the song plays when Miles is swinging through the city at the end, and he's doing all, like all the stuff that's in, in his head. Whenever that scene came on, I would definitely hop in and watch it because it's so just mm, the animation is phenomenal. Yeah, but um, it's almost also like a Dune part one situation where this movie is going to be elevated by its successor. Like, the the Beyond the Spider Verse is going to make Across the Spider Verse better. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think th- that that's one of the reasons why I was trying to convince myself that this movie wasn't as good as I thought it was is because it had a cliffhanger ending. It, it wasn't a conclusive story, really. Yeah. So it was hard for me to justify putting it at number five, but I think I have the right spot for it. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: That's completely fair. Uh, my number five is... The only movie that I – or the movie I watched the most in theaters, and that was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That was my back-to-back-to-back-to-back film, four days straight of wow. just pure <laughs> sadness and joy. <laughs> I had really high expectations. I had this at – actually, I had it at number eight. Uh, in parentheses, I had very hesitant because I didn't know what to expect coming into this movie. We Like last year, there was just so much bad MCU that I just – I lost all hope this year. However – this movie was incredible for many, many reasons. First and foremost, it is the culmination of 10 years of Guardians of the Galaxy material. It is a celebration of who the Guardians are, unlike what we expected, because we all kind of came into this like, oh, such and such is going to die, and they're going to die, and they're going to die. and they're... Like, there is death in this movie, don't get me wrong. But this movie, above all else, is a celebration of everything that James Gunn and everything that this cast and crew has done over the past 10 years. It is a beautiful story. I, I am so tired of hearing people say that the High Evolutionary isn't a good villain. That Adam Warlock was unnecessary. Like, I loved every character in this movie. Obviously, Rocket the Raccoon is the the standout. Because, my God, there are some scenes that you just... You want to get up and you, shoot the man. You cannot is on help screen.
1: yourself from crying at this movie.
0: Yeah, it, is, it is brutal. I think... Obviously, soundtrack. We got to talk about the soundtrack every time. This is – I don't know if it's the best soundtrack. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2, at least for me, has the best soundtrack. But the final song in this film – or the final two songs because the end credit scene, perfection, is one of my favorite end end, The end credits or just the ending? The end credits. The end credits, okay. Um, But the ending song is like, man, I cannot hear the dog days are over out I was bawling, dude. And it's not like a sad cry. It's like a really happy cry. I
1: remember watching a clip online of – Oh
0: my God! I have to look it up.
1: What's the artist that did the song?
0: Um. Oh my gosh. I'm blanking on her name right now. Oh, are you talking about the clip where she's in the theater? She's in the
1: theater watching yeah. the movie and her song's playing. That broke me, dude.
0: That was that was a really really cool experience. And obviously, like James Guntell, well, he has to get the i the rights to these songs. So like you know, they know they're in the movie, but this it was a really cool. Um, thing to see. My my two big praises that I want to get, or oh, three. and
1: also, real quick, creep the acoustic version at the beginning. Holy crap! What an opening. That is a really, oh my really
0: brutal, but a really good opening. And I, that that well, that was what I was about to say. So, my three big takeaways. Number one, James Gunn knows how to pull the heartstrings, and he knows tone well. The Guardians of the Galaxy have historically been one of the funniest film franchises in the MCU. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I'm not a huge fan of. I think that there's a lot of bad in that movie. But one is one of the best superhero movies of all time. Three, hell, I'm going to say that it's one of the best superhero movies of all time. Mm-hmm. The tone of this movie, for the most part, works. It goes from really dark to really funny to really energetic. And it, for the most part, it all works really well. There's one scene in particular, which is the last flashback of Rock of the Raccoon, that transitions into just a just a horrible, horrible tone switch into yeah. really funny that I didn't think worked but James Gunn really really did an excellent job I think with all of the parts of the MCU that he tackled Two, I was so terrified that Gamora was in this movie because like if you know what happens at the end of Endgame obviously Gamora dies or in Infinity (laughs) War but she comes back as the 2014 version and I was like I don't I don't know how they're going to do this but I thought that Gamora was actually surprisingly a great character Mm -hmm. and I think that you have this higher so we can talk more about that then um, yeah, I have a lot to say about this movie. Yeah. And
1: I do too, but so
0: I think we'll I'm our top three specifically, I think we're gonna actually our top four. We're gonna have, to have a lot I, to I say. I could
1: talk about my top four for two hours. So yeah, let's no, not do that.
0: <laughs> there's a lot to say. But uh lastly, I just think I mean, what a what a way to end off the Guardians. There's a lot in phase four and five that just have been all, not I don't want to say anything is like god-awful like this is straight trash but most of it is so disappointing wait what'd you say Quantumania. mania now quantum
1: mania is probably one of the worst third movies of any of them.
0: i agree and i actually thought the marvels was better than a lot of people did but i still don't think it was that good
1: i would agree with you on that yeah
0: this was just a really really good bang or last bang for the guardians obviously they might be back but if they never return in the mcu fine by uh, me yeah i'm not gonna explain yeah this is a great way that they could go out so they,
1: they did such a good send-off with each character that i yeah. wouldn't be upset if they never
0: came back absolutely so that is my number five
1: okay moving on to number four i i think our top four are the same just in a different order maybe yeah. or our top five would be the same yep. um kind of yeah yeah so my number four is the holdovers which okay I, I have to know is this in your top
0: I haven't seen it. I told you that. Oh, you haven't watched yeah.
1: it? Yeah. It's for, on Apple for some, TV+. For plus, some, okay, well, that means I, I can't know. talk as much about it as I wanted to.
0: Hey, I fully believe that it's one oh, of the best movies gosh. of the year. I expected it going in. It looks great.
1: Yeah, so the first time I saw the trailer for this, um, I think was when I watched Barbie.
0: It had to have been. That's the first time I saw it.
1: Um, And I thought it was uh, like a rerun of a, mm-hmm. of a 70s movie. Because the trailer was shot, edited, and narrated like like a trailer for a 70s movie. It felt like I was watching a, a preview on a VHS tape. That, that's that's what it felt like. I just dated myself, but I'm not even that old. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we only 20 years old here. But yeah, and and then I learned it was a, a 2023 movie. And I'm like, wait a second, this is not you mean to tell me that somebody just like made a modern film with the style and filter of a 70s like holiday classic and i think this movie absolutely solidified its place as a holiday classic i will probably watch this movie every christmas season um i really can't say a whole lot cuz you haven't seen it dude that's yeah, um i'm going to see it eventually <laughs> you got to watch it soon dude i will i will um all i'll say is uh if Paul Giamatti doesn't get a nomination at least I will be personally offended <laughs>
0: that is a that's a valid statement and again I haven't even seen it but I have seen a lot of rumors of that floating around like a lot yeah. of people really want to be nominated my number four I would argue is the surprise movie maybe of the past five to ten years and I might be, exaggerating that one, but I have Godzilla minus one in my number four spot. That's this was a film that none of us knew about coming into this year, for the most part. Yeah. I yeah, remember this, hearing this about didn't, this.
1: This didn't gain any traction until late summer, yeah, early fall.
0: I remember hearing that there was a uh, a Godzilla film coming out of Japan, I believe, around this time last year. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, well, yeah, whatever, because I'm not a huge fan of the legendary films at all. And then we all started hearing about this, and then we kept hearing about it, and we kept hearing about it, and then the movie came and out. Then the, no, and
1: then the trailer dropped. And well, I, I never watched the trailer. Yeah, unfortunately, I did. I watched the first one once, and I was sold.
0: I, I wanted to go into this blind because once I started hearing the buzz, I was like, okay, I'm curious. And we saw this in IMAX. I saw this twice, I believe. The first time we watched it. I want to say about 10 minutes – I didn't say – I don't think we talked, like, at all this movie. Like, every now and then I feel like when people are seeing movies, you'll, like, have something to say. But we were, like, all locked in. About 10 minutes into this movie, I was feel- I was thinking to myself, I was like, I- I'm a little worried that this isn't going to live up to the hype. Like, it was a really good start, but I'm like, I don't know. And this movie started going, <laughs> and it never stopped. And that is that is a huge accomplishment because Godzilla – as the monster, is in this movie, I want to say, five times. He's in this movie more than five times, but actually doing damage, he's probably in the film five he, times.
1: He's got less than 10 minutes of screen time. Absolutely. But... Well...
0: Uh, there's probably more. There's probably
1: a, it's probably average, like, 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Like, if you take the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie, it's probably average yeah. 10, 10, minutes.
0: Um, But, A, with the budget. The budget was, like, $15 million uh, USD. Phenomenal. The movie... Focuses on the human characters, which the only Godzilla film in the past 20-ish years, I want to say, that somewhat does the humans right, is Kong Skull Island.
1: I would say Godzilla 2014 tries. Yeah, I just don't it, think it accomplishes it, it. it. Yeah, this. I mean, everybody says they should have stuck with Brian Cranston throughout the whole movie, and that's yeah. justifiable. That's but I, I would mild. agree that Kong Skull Island probably has the best... Um, cast of characters the difference between that though mm-hmm. and this is that
0: kong skull island these characters feel invincible you know most of the you know the big like three or four are not going to die this movie it's any man's anyone can die mm-hmm. you care about every character from a little child to this professor who is a part of the war who just is an absolute genius to a kamikaze pilot to a a, a one of my favorite characters is a kid who didn't even get to go into the war. And his entire – like all he wants to do is fight. All he wants to do is fight. And he does get to fight at the end in like a very unexpected way. You hate Godzilla the entire movie. Usually we're cheering for Godzilla.
1: Normalize Godzilla being the antagonist. Again. Every
0: scene with Godzilla, you were like, oh, no. Except the first, the first one you're cheering for him because you don't know what to expect. But yeah. when, when you when you see Godzilla in his, his like prime – in the very first scene that he comes back, oh my god, it's one of my favorite scenes of the year. His atomic breath, it's the best we've ever – It's there's no arguing I think it's the best it's ever been.
1: The, oh, you are talking about the, the Ginza attack.
0: No, 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 I'm talking about the boat scene. The boat – oh, that's okay, That's the first yes. time we see him in yeah. his prime. Because
1: that's what I was going to – I thought you were talking about the boat scene, which yes, you are talking about the boat scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a chase. That –
0: Scene is incredible upon rewatch. I think it is just as good. There's upon rewatch, I I will say there's a couple things that I noticed that I'm not going to get into. There's a few actually, there's not a few, there are a lot of conveniences in this movie (laughs) where certain things play out a certain way that it just kind of is too perfect. But I was blown away by this movie. I feel like everyone is like everyone of us went into this, like, there's no way it's as good as it actually Mm -hmm. is. And you walk out, you're like, yeah, that. That might be better than what they're I, saying it is.
1: One of the main reasons why I like seeing movies with my brother is because he has the most genuine reactions to everything. It's
0: hilarious, so, dude. He's like a child opening a Christmas yeah. present.
1: When, when that first Atomic Breath scene happened uh, out in the ocean, he he slapped my arm, my shoulder <laughs> so hard. And we, all three of us, we just slid down in our chairs and our mouths on the floor. Yeah, it was. Oh, my gosh.
0: The sound design is one of the best sound designs of the year. I just I don't know I have seen a lot I want to say this I, you have it at your three spot right or maybe no actually
1: well we're 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 talking about it so I'll go ahead and say it's it's my number two movie
0: yeah so we can talk more about it obviously you can finish your like your thoughts on it but I think the one thing I really want to say to people who are hesitant to watch films a lot of people are hesitant because they're like oh it's in Japanese like I don't I don't want to look at the screen look the first few minutes of any foreign film is going to be a little distracting because you're trying to like read and watch. I want to say after about five minutes in this movie, I completely forgot about it. Yeah. I was
1: just completely along for the ride. Um, and something that I I talked about, one of my coworkers with this, um, was that like most people watch English content with, with subtitles. subtitles anyway. Yeah. So it's and like, they it's read no the difference. subtitles. Yeah. So it's not that big of a difference because you don't have to – like you, obviously, you're paying attention to what they're saying, yeah. but you're reading it so you can like kind of tone out the dialogue itself yeah. and just read what's on the screen.
0: Even if you're playing video games too, like a lot yeah. of people, I do it. Yeah. a lot of people they'll put the subtitles on. Um, I had one other thing to say that I can't remember, but we'll talk
1: about it in a minute. That was my uh my number four. So moving on to our top three. Top three. Here we go. Okay. Um, my top three is one that you've already touched on. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yep. I. I'm I'm a, a Guardians fanboy. I th- I think Guardians of the Galaxy are probably some of the best, if not like the best characters in the MCU. Ain't no one said that fifteen years ago either. Which is crazy because that first movie was ridiculous. Nobody expected Guardians of like I mean, nobody really expected the Avengers to be like the standout Marvel oh, no, not at all. uh content of ever because it was always X-Men or Fantastic Four yeah um but I think like nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were and then James Gunn comes out with this space faring there's a dude who's literally a talking tree and you've got a prison breakout and you've got uh chase scenes and you've got some witty human protagonist and like and it was it was great and then we get another movie with them and right Reminder, they're completely separate from every other MCU project. I didn't even see the first Guardians movie until after Age of Ultron. Same. So, Same. Um, completely separated from the rest of the MCU. And they still managed to integrate themselves in Infinity War with the rest of the characters so well. Absolutely. Um, and obviously the Guardians work the best when they're all together, but even split up like that. Like, they were still... Like, they they held their own. And. Yeah. Um, James Gunn has said that uh, he didn't love what they did with Gamora and how he had to kind of rework it. Yeah, rework the script yeah. for Guardians 3. But um, despite that, like you said, I think Gamora works extremely well in Guardians 3 as a, a side character, as a side plot for Peter. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what what else is there to say about this movie. Like I don't it's, know. I, I think to take
0: back off of what you said about the let's look at the MCU in a broad sense. So the best part of Thor Love and Thunder by a mile
1: <laughs> is the two minutes we get with the Guardians. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: The 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 big thing that you just said that I I, I, I wanna reiterate is uh fi- well first off, I I we've bashed the MCU on this podcast a lot, but I do want to say this. Phase one through three has shaped A, how like I look at movies and my love of movies. Like without phase one through mm-hmm. three of Marvel I, we probably wouldn't be talking right yep. now. Um, post phase one through three, there are a lot of random characters just thrown in films, Wong being the number one example, that just feel so unnecessary. And like you said, the Guardians are very detached from the MCU, but there are there are always callbacks to the MCU, and they always remind you that it's in the MCU, and it never feels out of place. Like I'm going to say this. I don't really care. Spoiler alert for the Marvels, if you haven't seen it, because nobody <laughs> did. Uh, Valkyrie's in the movie for maybe 20 seconds and it feels very out of place it feels very forced uh, not that i don't like seeing valkyrie I, I think she's a great character but like howard the duck is in guardians of the galaxy volume two and i believe he's in go- volume three um cosmo uh, the space dog yeah is in this one um there are callbacks to the avengers and you know the first time we hear the word avengers i think is in infinity war when he's like like the band Like, are they like a band or like, you know, is Kevin Bacon on the team or whatever? Yeah. Like, there's a lot that the Guardians, like a lot of moments that are in the MCU. And it just, it works. It never feels forced.
1: I mean, Peter, Peter Quill recaps Infinity War and Endgame, at least his side of the story, Mm -hmm. in an elevator in like 30 seconds. And it's so funny,
0: but it's so like real. Mm -hmm. It's a great scene. I also, it's it's just him
1: ranting about how his girlfriend died. And then you've got Nebula here saying, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. And it's a funny scene, but it's yeah. it's necessary. It works. I also really love the joke, and it's
0: the most Peter Quill thing ever when she's like, this girl that you were in love with doesn't sound like me. It sounds more like her. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. hell no. And then Peter for like a, maybe five seconds is like,
1: well, actually. He's second guessing yeah. himself, yeah.
0: I think we can't talk about Guardians 3, though, without bringing up the holiday special. Because like – Yeah, that's a good point. It's actually really good. Like I – I rewatched it this Christmas. I really like it. it. It felt like the most, oh, God, this is where James Gunn goes off the rails and mm. this doesn't feel like the MCU. It works really well, and it actually ties into Guardians 3. There's It's
1: a, it's a really good bridge between 2 and 3 to help um, Mantis like fit into the team more.
0: Yeah, it, it really bonds Mantis and Drax, which they've already bonded since the second one, and uh, mostly Mantis and Peter because like I don't think most of us really clicked – after guardians 2 that they are related like you know they're related but you don't really think about it and the holiday special transitions into this film where they're like basically brother and sister as if they've known each other their entire life
1: the especially to just real quick to interject the scene um when they're going to the uh orgo corp yeah. Um, and, oh yeah and they have to yeah, break yeah. through the the shields and um peter and drax and mantis are just running around Doing their generator flip switches or whatever, yeah, and they're having a conversation like a brother and sister would, and it's it's a great dynamic. It's a gr- wonderfully written scene, yeah. And you've got Drax eating Zark nuts in the background, which is always fun. Which is yeah, always great. Uh, I w- I d-
0: I, w- I will say I got, I mean we're basically just gonna yap about the Guardians <laughs> for another few minutes. <laughs> um, I miss, and this is why I love the High Evolutionary, and I put him on a pedestal of some of the better MCU villains. I have missed a villain being evil just because because the mcu in phase three well i'd say three actually yeah three four and five yeah. it's like they need to be relatable and they need to turn good in the end or you need to understand where they're coming from and gore i think is the worst example because this dude was just pure evil oh my gosh yeah and thor is just like oh no you, you can be good which yeah whatever if you like that i think, think
1: dar ben is that her name in the marvels yeah A terrible think... villain by the way i didn't yeah, I don't think she was executed properly. I think she had a good origin though. Like as oh, far yeah, as very good. Very as far good. as um villains that you can sympathize with, I think she's good. Yeah. Like groundwork. She doesn't turn. She doesn't have a turning point though. She like refuses help.
0: Yeah, which I like. Same with the high evolutionary. Is like there's no method to his madness. Like you understand.
1: Which is funny you say that cuz he's a perfectionist.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> like you you, you try and understand where he's coming from and you're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And you just want to kill him because mm-hmm. there's many scenes where you're like, oh my gosh, this dude's the worst. The
1: fact that he has no like self-imposed boundaries or limits yeah. on what he wants makes it, which is so weird because he he strives for per- perfection and causes so much chaos along the way to, oh, yeah. to get to it. It's crazy.
0: Which, you know, that's what happens when you try and play God. Um. Other than that, though, the, every character has a moment to shine. Uh, and, and it's not even just one moment. It's many moments. Obviously, Rocket and, and uh, Star-Lord get the most of the things to do. But, like, Drax has probably been the worst character of the Guardians all the way through because he's a bit of a joke. He's still a joke in this movie, but he gets one particular scene with a group of children uh, in a cage that, like really makes Drax feel like the character that he should have been from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And Nebula even just emphasizes it at the end when she says you're not a destroyer, you're a father. Oh, yeah. But um, this movie has a eight... Oh, shoot, I might need to put this up higher. (laughs) This movie has a cast of eight characters. There are eight main characters in the movie. Nine if you count Cosmo. I wouldn't count Cosmo. This movie has eight main characters. That's insane. Like, the the only movie I can think of that handles that many main characters as well is The Suicide Squad, which, ironically, is another James Gunn movie. But if you contrast it with something like The Eternals, which has 11 main characters, I think. 13. Yeah. 14. Which is too many. But, like... Handling eight main characters and giving them all setups, payoffs, character moments, good ending arcs. It's really impressive.
0: And obviously it helps the of ten years. Like I I truly believe the Eternals would have been much better if it was like a limited series. Mm -hmm. That's neither here nor there. Um I like also it adds newcomer, um, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock's great in the movie. Has payoff and there's also like a lot that they can do with this character in the future. Uh, but I think my favorite moment in this film, other than this really cool hallway scene, that is very John Wick-inspired, but there's a lot of cuts and CGI. It's a but good
1: one like, with a really obvious um, hidden cut. Yeah, <laughs> but, there's, a,
0: there's, a, there's a couple hidden, but that's the most obvious one. I know the one it, you're talking about. It is really
1: good, though. That, that fight seems amazing. This movie
0: finally gave us the Avengers Assembles moment, where Rocket just goes to a town on the High Evolutionary's face, and he hits him with the, we're the guardians of the freaking galaxy. <laughs> and that... That was enough. Yep. That was enough for I'm like, you know what? I think I gave this a nine out of ten. I don't care if you have a million criticisms. This is on the, the same level that like Avengers Endgame, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of issues. More issues in Endgame than this is. But you can't help but appreciate it because of everything else that came before it. So I might need to put that one higher, but that was your number three. That was my number three. Yeah. My number three was a film that was not on my top ten. I had no idea this was coming out, and that was the creator, which you already talked about. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker. Absolutely for anything, Gareth Edwards. If you don't know Gareth Edwards, recent films was Godzilla and Rogue One, which is the Godzilla is one of the 2014, 2014, just want to specify because we have yeah, minus yeah, yeah, yeah. One on our list. sleeper film. That is one of the best Star Wars films. I have said it and I will say it again is the best film in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And it launched one of my or my favorite show last year behind the last of us. Andor, Andor, holy crap, dude, what a show! Oh, actually, no, the last one came out this year, so I lied.
1: If you're, I feel like if you're gonna watch, if you're gonna do a Star Wars marathon, just movies, you're gonna watch the prequels, you're gonna watch Rogue One, and you're gonna watch the OT.
0: Yeah. And if you want to get more Disney Plus, ask. Obviously, you're gonna watch the Mandalorian, but you gotta watch Andor. Mm. Andor's is the best show. But I knew as soon as I, I I tried to avoid the trailer, I didn't. And sadly, this film is plagued by the trailer gives everything away. I, I don't care which trailer it is the teaser all the way to the third trailer you basically know how this movie's going to go which sucks because i i that's one of my biggest issues with hollywood nowadays they spoil everything with that being said and this is what you said this movie is like a million other films look i already said it it is a sci-fi film which is i would argue the most oversaturated market um on top of you know, we've hit this weird point where, like, we've we've kind of done everything that you can do in film. So, yeah, it's Seventh Samurai-inspired. Yeah, it's Elysium-inspired. Yeah, it's The Last of Us-inspired. Yeah, it's Star Wars-inspired. But, like, it does it all so well. The cast is great. Um, I, Denzel Washington's son, it's Jan- – I, I, I
1: John David Washington.
0: Yeah, John David. I always want to say James David, but it's <laughs> John David Washington.
1: He is so good in this film. But – It's so weird. I feel like a lot of people – don't like him for some reason. I don't know. I I'm i ah, I'm a huge fan. I love him. So ever since I watched Tenet, I know it's only been three and, three, and a half years, years yep. but he's great.
0: Yeah. The standout for me is, funnily enough, one of the best performances all year, and that is the the child character. I have never ever seen a kid.
1: I, are you looking at her name? I'm right? gonna look at the yeah because yeah. she yeah. I have Holy never crap.
0: seen a child performance this good. I want to say ever in a Hollywood film. Like I was. The Lord. There are scenes where this girl is crying that you feel like she is actually crying, and she is. But you know, Madeline
1: like Madeline Univoyles, that's her name. Shout out! Yeah, holy crap, deserves what some sort of award. Unbelievable. If there's a best child actors award, there needs she, to be. She should get it
0: for this alone. Oh uh, well, actually, I mean, you could say the Black Adam kid. No, I'm kidding. I hate that guy so much. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I as soon as I saw this trailer and I saw it was Gareth Edwards, I put this in uh, halfway through the year. I think we recapped like our most anticipated films. This was my number one because Dune wasn't coming out. For the most part, is delivered. I think that yeah, you can criticize this movie for being like a lot of other films, but like, it's kind of hard when it's a sci-fi film. Like I feel like we've done it all, but it's a really good feel-good film. Like the way that this movie ends is on the highest note, and it kind of just ends. Like, you don't really get an aftermath of what life is life like after this. Like, it just ends. And I think that it worked really well. Mm -hmm. Sadly, because it is an original IP, it didn't make a lot of money. Like, it made a lot of money, but it didn't make a lot of money because the budget was, you know, it's blockbuster budget. And it's weirdly divisive. Like, everyone that I know that watched this movie, that enjoyed it, they love it. And everyone I know that watched this movie that didn't like it, they hate it. There's, like, no in-between. But, yeah, I loved this movie. Uh, I do want to say, I forgot to mention this when you were talking about the budget. Or when we were talking about the budget. $80 million. The reason this movie looks so good is because a lot of the, like, majority of the places are practical sets. So they're able to spread the visual effects budget. Because there's not that many shots where it's, like, exclusively 100% digital effects.
1: It People don't realize if all you have to do is integrate a... CG object into existing footage that takes significantly, significantly less time than creating a CG environment and animating, texturing, compositing everything in the shot, as opposed to here's your existing footage that we got straight from set, here's your CG model that you probably downloaded or maybe you created originally which wouldn't take a whole lot of time depending on what it is yeah and you animate it and you comp it into the shot and then you do some lighting passes and you're good it's so much less work to do that than to create fully cg environments which is why i was saying earlier if you compare to a film like guardians 3 that has such good vfx but also a pretty high budget and then you compare that to the creator which has a low budget but also extremely good vfx guardians 3 has a lot of cg environments the creator does not yeah
0: I think to even go off of that, they they do a lot of, like, little things that really stretch the budget. Like, as stupid as this is going to sound, it, they did this for a reason. And they, they wrote it into the plot where it actually makes sense is that – uh, I mean, it's a, a spoiler alert, I guess. But the main little girl, she is one of the AI that he has to – it's very Last of Us where mm-hmm. jo- Joel has to take Ellie across the country. We're, yeah, they got to get her across the border because she is the key. There's this little moment where they're about to embark on, they're basically hitchhiking with his family and he puts a hat on her to cover her robotic parts. They did that, in my opinion, and I saw that he said in interviews, was to, to, because they didn't want to animate and use more of their budget because, you know, every shot that she would be in, they would have to, you know, throw all of her robot parts and all that. Uh, He also has a arm that does not exist. So he's always wearing something long
1: sleeve or something that covers that part.
0: Like, Little Which, things like that that real quick really help.
1: I want to touch on that. I think him having a robotic arm is completely pointless. Very pointless. There was nothing in the movie that warranted him having a robotic arm. No. Uh like it wasn't even a plot point for him to relate to the AI at all. No. Like in uh in I Am Legend, that's a big plot point. Yeah. Like he has robotic parts in him to help him relate to the the robotics. This is not a, a thing in the creator. He just has a robotic arm. Yeah. because
0: it's basically like well you know at the beginning that they, they very clearly state that he was in the war yeah and it's like well he because he's in the war this this and this oh I also want to say because we can touch on this the opening two minutes is very Wally inspired like it very much feels yeah. like Wally like the opening of Wally it was great you actually it Godzilla like, did this like, really well too Godzilla had an opening yeah very similar where they do like
1: um like a newscast thing and but it just yeah, I, it
0: goes through decades really quickly. Mm-hmm.
1: I love the one in the creator though because it's like a a 50s uh advertisement broadcast. Yeah. But it's got these super high-tech robots and then it cuts to hey there's a nuke.
0: <laughs> yeah, it 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 it's a very drastic change but yeah, I, I really like this film. I was very disappointed that it didn't do the numbers that I think it deserves. But I, in my opinion, of all of the films that came out this year that you would consider a blockbuster, because Godzilla is going to do well for a long time, but it's mm-hmm. not a blockbuster. This is the film that I think, as time goes on, people are going to appreciate it more and more and more. And it's going to become this classic that like 10, 20 years from now, kind of like how Drive exploded out of nowhere <laughs> for different reasons. This is going to be that film where like 10, 20 years from now, you're going to be like, like – somebody that you know you might not think is really into movies is like oh have you guys ever seen the creator like everyone's going to start having
1: an appreciation for this it's, it's going to cool. be like a sleeper pick yeah like hey what's your top 10 2023 list and it's like oh well, yeah what well, the creators at number six yeah what's that yeah because nobody went and saw it yeah i i completely agree with that and yeah i don't know
0: what else i can really say about that i think then our final two are where we're going to spend a lot of our time yapping yeah.
1: Uh, I'm curious to see what your number two is. Actually, I have no I don't idea. Know. Because my number two, like I said earlier, is Godzilla minus one. Um, dun, which we we talked about this dun, dun, a, a fair bit. But, oh my gosh. I, I could talk about this movie for ages. <laughs> same. Uh, <clears throat> the same. The, the I can't even Just get start started. Cooking. Just start cooking. The visuals on anything, any scene that Godzilla's in. I, I'm a sucker for good visuals because, you know, I have visual effects and all that sort of CGI stuff I'm super into. But all of the scenes with Godzilla doing anything are just it's – it's, yeah. it's terrifying to watch him just walk. He's walking through the city and messing up tectonic plates in the street. Like, it's it's terrifying. And then he gets a hold of this train, and you're scared for the one of the protagonists that's in the train. And then – his tails destroying buildings. They do like a a thirty second shot of a camera crew on oh, a roof, and a you know shot. exactly how it's going to end, and then it happens, and it's still scary. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the freaking atomic breath scene! All of the atomic breath scenes in this movie are horrifying to watch, or surprising, yeah. or or both. But especially in the the Ginza attack in the second act it it's such a a slow build-up like you're holding your breath you're holding yeah this and this happens especially in the third act too but this movie does tension so well it it almost the the line between this movie or the the line between the tension and it's almost dragging like pace wise is it's it's riding that thin line like yeah. if this movie held the tension any longer it would be boring but it it handles it so perfectly that you i mean you're glued to the screen it's like, it's it's horror it's mm. yeah
0: dude i had I, I literally just remembered what i was about to say that i was going to say earlier and I, I think i lost it oh no i remember i remember what i was saying. um two two cool things one I just absolutely adore is that there is no reason why Godzilla does what he does. I cannot stand how these recent films, they have like a reason that Godzilla is destroying things and killing the monster. Like they try to make him this anti-hero, which mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. The thing that I, I love the most or one of the best scenes from a dialogue level is in the third act. When they come up with the plan to take down Godzilla, there is a moment where one of the characters stands up and leaves because he doesn't, he has no faith. And, They basically admit, they're like, we have no idea if this is going to work. We're basically going in with blind faith. And that whole third act is just so intense because you know the movie is wrapping up, but you're like, I don't know if it's actually going to work. And I'm not going to say whether or not it works. But that third act is just great because one of my least favorite things that a lot of films do, and Star Wars did this, the original, it's just like they have these weird conveniences where it's like, Oh, well, to blow up the Death Star, there's just this little small reactor that if you just shoot down into it, like, there's always some weakness. Smaug there, is a great yeah. example from almost 100 years now where that one little scale, like, there is no weakness to Godzilla, and they know that. So they have to get really creative for even just a chance to bring him down. And, again, I'm they, not going to say what's going to happen, but it's just – a like, you, just, you don't know. Like – I'll say this as a spoiler because it is in the trailer. The last act takes place underwater, or in the ocean. When Godzilla goes under that water, you are on the edge of your seat because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, that was just so well done.
1: Um, to touch on what you said about the Death Star and Smog, they have guaranteed weaknesses. Yeah. Like, if you hit this spot, you win. Godzilla doesn't have that, nope. which is shown very early in the film in the, the boat chase scene.
0: It's even shown in the opening act, like the very first scene.
1: Yeah. But like they they do critical hits to Godzilla and it doesn't work. Yeah. So they come up with this contingency and you're like I don't know if this is actually and they say this multiple times in the movie. They don't know if it's actually going to yeah. solve the issue. They, they don't know if it's going to work. A B plan. Yeah. Which they have to uh, execute as well. Yeah. But
0: even even the way that they discuss because the th- this is the scene that every film has the the dialogue or the exposition dump that like you you know is coming but you're like oh god i don't i don't want to do this and i'm gonna bring it up because the movie just came out aquaman 2 hmm. every scene is just this exposition ex- oh my gosh i can't speak tonight exposition dump that is just terrible this is the scene in godzilla where like there's a couple big plans and they can't really just like show like they have to they have to tell you what's about to happen And they use a
1: model of it too. Yeah, that really helped me, especially to stay engaged. And they do it in
0: it's in a boardroom, right? Uh,
1: yeah, because they have a projector to show the map. You're hearing
0: the plan when the rest of the group is hearing the plan, which again, a lot of movies do, but this one just did it so well. And I think a lot of it just comes down to the music choice. Uh, that they I mean, it's not a music, it's not like a song choice. Like the music really helps with it too. Uh,
1: it helps build the tension, the tension's building from. The making of the plan all the way until the end of the movie. Oh, absolutely. But – Dude, we could talk about this movie. Forever. I really could. <laughs> um,
0: I think of the characters that I didn't talk about earlier. I did mention one – the main character is a kamikaze pilot. I love that the whole movie, he basically comes back and obviously he didn't – if you don't know what a kamikaze pilot is, that, you know, there were literally –
1: pilots that were designed to kill themselves yeah the suicide bombers they yep they have explosives strapped to the plane they fly into boats yep or pl- buildings or whatever and
0: he didn't do it he was too afraid so the whole movie he's haunted by the fact that
1: he he didn't execute his job it's it's a survivor's guilt yeah, it's, it's PTSD from the war and it's survivor's guilt. And that's those are some of the hardest scenes to watch in the entire film yeah. is when the PTSD really hits him.
0: It's a little it's uncomfortable, but it is very realistic to obviously works where the two of us are speaking from zero experience. But, you know, I've seen stuff like this actually happen. Like it's it's just raw. And Ethan actually we saw thought it was a little funny. The scene where the um they call him the kid. Uh, jokes about like oh why why the war have to end so early and like Owner it is a little yeah. yeah it's a little awkward where like he grabs him and he's like mm-hmm. you don't ever say that again but like it again brings up the trauma that he got on that he basically forced on himself by not executing his job and mm-hmm. it like sticks to him until the very last scene where he finally accepts that yeah I might have made a mistake but because of that you know I yeah I can't say what
1: happens you, but yeah Yeah, I want to. I want to spoil this entire film just to give it more praise, but we we should move on. Yeah, our number one will probably
0: spend the most time. Okay, what's
1: your number two? My number two,
0: you already talked about, is Across Spider Verse. Okay, Um, I'll keep this one fairly brief because we have (coughs) already talked about this. Um, the Movie's incredible. Animation, unbelievable. The soundtrack, fire. I've been listening to that album. How did I not mention the soundtrack? I don't know, but I, <laughs> I like it more than the first, and a lot of people are well, like, you're crazy. But I also love Metro Boomin, and I love the fact that Metro. he worked hand-in-hand with the directors. But anyway, you basically tackled. Well, he's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like He ha- he has a role. I want to I hit a couple things, and I'll, I'll keep them all really quick. Uh, Animation wise, it looks incredible. There is something about an animated movie that you just cannot do in um, live action with emotions that this film absolutely nails out of the park. Not this, the soundtrack, like the album is cool. The actual sound, like the soundtrack in the movie, incredible. Gwen's theme is one of my most listened to songs uh, at the end of this year on my Spotify
1: rap. Is that called the score? That's the score, right? (laughs) Yeah, the score. Because there's a
0: category for that. Yeah, I was completely blank on that. Um, there were a couple of issues with the sound design when the movie came out. I don't know if you really ever noticed them. I watched this movie twice, I think, and you definitely can tell that the movie wasn't fully mixed properly. Apparently, they fixed that about halfway through the run. I never got to see that. cut. I, so. I heard
1: about it, but I never noticed yeah. it.
0: I noticed it. it, especially in the beginning with Gwen. There are some lines of dialogue that, like, oh, you yeah, just do don't, you don't really hear, like, like you're like, I, I think I know what she said, but she didn't. Um. Who would have thought that Miles' character was going to be this good? Like, not only that, I, I want to bring this up because I we didn't mention this. Spider-Man fans have been eating good for years. In the same year, you get Spider-Man 2, which you could argue is a better story than the first. In my opinion, it isn't, but I think it's a better game. It's a better story for Miles, at least. Absolutely. That's the thing. Miles is just, well, other than Miles his, is trash, this his trash suit. <laughs> I've seen so many memes about his suit. His suit sucks than that. He's just a great character. Uh, this movie has a lot more Spider-Man, and that worried me at first that there were going to be a lot of Spider-Man. I'm like, man, they're going to be not as good as the first cast. They're, I would say, even better than the first mm. cast. Hobie.
1: I kind of miss Nick shout miss Cage. Shout out Hobie. Though. What? I kind of miss Nick Cage. Well, we'll talk about
0: that in a minute because he's coming back. Um, the villain in the spot is like one of the dumbest villains of all time, but he is terrifying. And we haven't even seen him in his full form
1: yet. It's, it's almost like. Um... The potential is scary. Like, yeah. you you know what he's planning to do, mm-hmm. and you know that he can do it, which is what makes him scary. Yeah. Like, the the fact that we're not sure how he how spider-man is going to stop him is the scary part. Yeah, he
0: is basically what the Penguin and Batman Forever would be, if like he could actually destroy the universe. This one dives into a lot with the the Spider Verse. Uh oh, uh, Miguel, I forgot to mention Miguel. I my favorite Spider-Man is Spider-Man 2099. I to say 2049. That's Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> Ryan and I, Gosling so, Spider-Man. Yeah. So I was super excited in the first one when we got to see him. I loved his character. You fully understand where he's coming from, and he helps Miles deliver one of the coldest lines in superhero history, <laughs> which is "Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing." <laughs> that scene that's cool. Anyway, I'm I'm just yapping. Uh, the the big things I do want to mention. Uh, there is a particular scene. Where a fourteen-year-old animated, uh, I want to say it was in Blender. I might be wrong, but it's probably Blender. That's what a lot fully of fully ble- uh, uh, <coughs> a scene completely made in Blender, which is a Lego Spider-Man scene. I don't know legally how that's even possible that they were able to do that, but shout out to that kid. This kid is going to be doing some cool stuff in the future. But with that being said, I do want to mention my biggest issue with the film, and that is that we knew it was a part one. Imagine going into this movie, oh my gosh, not knowing that because like isn't that how it was for dune like yeah we didn't know it was a part was a part one until at the very beginning it obviously said dune part one Mm. when this trailer dropped because the spider-verse the first one did this too they dropped a trailer about a year and a half before because obviously an animated film is going to take a lot longer but originally it was titled it was a spider-man be it was it across the spider-verse part one or beyond the spider-verse part one whatever it was called they spoiled it was a part one Mm -hmm. and this is about a two and a half hour movie but one of the things the movie does well is you kind of forget it as part one. You kind of forget – like, the movie is going on for so long, but, like, after a while, you kind of just forget about that. So when it ends, you're like, oh,
1: yeah, shoot. Shout out to um,
0: <clears throat> the pacing. The pacing in this movie is arguably it, the best pacing that I've seen other than, obviously, my number one.
1: Movie. When it ends, it doesn't feel like you've been sitting in the theater for two and a half hours. No. But – I've said this before,
0: and I don't know what your thoughts are on this because I know you got into Star Wars later than I did. I have always said that the mo- the, the if I could go back in time, I would love to sit in the theater and experience, Luke, I'm your father. Oh, my gosh, dude. Because I, my grandpa has told me like how big of a deal that was. By the way, like, that's not the actual quote. I know. It's, I'm it's, it's, <laughs> your father. um, Like, that's crazy. But imagine, like, for our generation, this should have been the film that we didn't know as a part one because that ending – I'm not gonna spoil it because I know the movie is still fairly young or fresh. There is a there is that moment in this film, and then obviously it's not to the same level, but like my god, and then it just cuts. Like if we didn't know that was the frustrating thing. I don't remember I don't think we saw it together the first time. I don't no. actually know if I saw it. I don't it think it we saw it together at all. Ethan also knew it was part one. So literally for like the last hour, almost every scene we're looking at each other like, So that's where they're gonna like that's the end. That I did yeah. the same thing. I did the exact
1: same thing. I was that's like, Oh, the that's end. the end of the movie. It's gonna end in like two minutes. And then it it didn't end. That's it, the end. it kept that, not yeah. ending.
0: So I think I originally did want to put this in number one, which is maybe way too high of praise because you had it at number six, right? I have it at five. Five. This movie will be, in my opinion like I think the first one is the first one's my favorite films of all time. I have like twelve no. 14 films I think that I have given five stars and I give the first one that I think that once part two comes out this will be one of if not the best superhero film at least from Marvel that we've ever seen but again I, I
1: think it'll be a perfect trilogy yeah it's, it's it, it just will be, one it'll, it'll be the best three movie superhero movies like just ever yeah
0: I agree and that's gonna say a lot because I would put Captain America and obviously like the Batman films mm. up there but like it it just was that good. And who would
1: have thought? Like I remember
0: when the first trailer came out, everyone was hating on it because it was when the Sony hate train was like at an all-time high. <laughs> Thanks, Nobody Morbius. asked for it. Well, no, I'm talking uh, – Oh, the first one. The very first Oh, yeah. Because this was the first time that Marvel was fighting with Sony about oh, the rights over to the Tom rights Holland. To... Yeah. Because the first film already came out. It was the first yeah. issue, and it's like, well, we know he's in Infinity War, but, like, he might not return. And then, obviously, after that. What a time to drop a Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. I still think the funniest thing ever, though, is uh, – this is unrelated by because we're talking Spider-Man – is when uh, Far From Home ended, and they have that bombshell end credit scene, and we're all like, what now? And then mm-hmm. two weeks later, we find out that Sony and Marvel are done, and you're like – "Yeah."
1: What? We we really thought we weren't going to get a conclusion to that.
0: Yeah, and hey, we did, and I I would say it was a really good conclusion. But that's my number two, and our number one. I'm just going to say it because we have the yep. same one. Uh, oh, actually, hold up. I, you're not changing your number one. No, I have to I have to go back uh, because I had a, a specific quote I had written down at the beginning. All right, sick. Anyways, our number one is pretty obvious, and that is Rebel Moon. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's Oppenheimer, or Oppenheimer if you're weird. It, yeah.
1: Or if you're Louis Strauss.
0: Well, I want to. Before we talk about anything, I want to know what your uh, initial thought was walking out of theater because I remember my initial thought, and we all kind of looked at each other, like literally terrified for our lives. Yeah. Because so of, yeah. What was your I, thought?
1: I had two very distinct. These are like the only two things I was thinking of walking out of this movie. It was one, uh, humanity is screwed, and two, I need to rewatch this film because I missed everything that happened in the second act. Yeah. I'm sorry, not the second act. Just anything that happened in the black and white scenes. Yeah. All of that was pretty much lost on me on on the first watch.
0: This movie is definitely overwhelming upon first watch because it starts and it doesn't stop. Like, there is a lot of downtime. I would say probably 75% of this. Actually, uh, hell, I want to say 90% of this movie is downtime, but it is done so well. You have to pay attention. If you're not
1: paying attention to the dialogue and what's going on in each scene and, like, how each – flashback is linked yeah you're gonna miss out
0: absolutely and i just watched a a movie that i can i would probably say would be in my top 10 maestro the other night but i was not Mm -hmm. paying attention to dialogue so i can't even talk (laughs) about it because it's it's so dialogue heavy but this movie is mostly made up of boardroom scenes classroom scenes and people doing
1: experiments and one really dope ass explosion yeah
0: and you you hear that and you're like "Eh, that that doesn't sound great but like It's Christopher Nolan, and every one of those scenes feels like the world is about to end. You know where this movie is going to go. Spoiler alert for those of you who don't know that he did end (laughs) up creating the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now, I'm not saying that you know I would have done that if I were him, but one of – okay, I'm going to say one of my favorite a lot when we talk about this movie. (laughs) Yeah. I do believe this is the best part of the entire movie is – after that happens, well, let me backtrack. Obviously, we know You're that the bombs You're talking
1: about the scene, the scene in the auditorium. Yeah, obviously, yeah.
0: we know the bombs are dropped. But one of the coolest things that this movie does is they don't show it. They treat it like a regular citizen would have found out in America that exact day. They just find out. They don't, no, no warning, no nothing. They find out it was successful. Yeah. So there's like this weird 10 minute tension where like, the music is really eerie because you know, like, the damage that was done. But You're dropped, talking about after the test or after
1: the, the After drop? it's
0: dropped. After it's dropped on Japan. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a scene in the auditorium where he's basically giving a speech about this, like, a big day in American history. And it just kind of hits at that moment
1: that, like, the severity of the situation that he just caused. Mm-hmm. And you, you can see it in his face, like – I'm sure we'll talk about this in a second, but Killian yeah. Murphy's acting is he, he deserves an Oscar. For but this. you can see it in his face, like the moment when it switches from "We successfully won the war" to "I've caused the most horrific, one of the most horrific things is, yeah. in human history," and it it switches at the same time the audio does. Yep, and it affects the entire rest of that scene and it's so it's so high strong yeah
0: the whole background starts shaking characters in the crowd start dropping like an ash and just deformed body like it's wild is
1: that before or after they see the the photographs because they do that scene where they show them seeing yeah. the photographs but they okay. don't show us the photographs
0: i think i think it's af- mm, yeah i think it's after I believe.
1: Anyways, him, him him forcing himself to deliver the rest of the dialogue, like in, in his speech, in Oppenheimer's speech, yeah. to to please the crowd, like saying, "I just wish we had it in time to use on the Germans," like yeah. you know, he doesn't really want to say all this. Absolutely. But he he's already committed to the podium, so he has to. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we can
0: kind of start at the beginning and quickly work our way through, mm-hmm. but obviously this is a loaded cast and we can talk about individual members, <laughs> but the the biggest praise that I can give Christopher Nolan is one that I, I can't say with a lot of these kind of biopic films. They do not make Oppenheimer the hero and they do not make him the villain. That's
1: up to you to decide. There is a villain, but Oppenheimer...
0: There, there is a villain. We're going to talk about... I, I, I think we need to end on him because he was the standout yeah. outside of... Well, actually, I don't even know. There's so many standouts in this movie. There
1: are, they're all standouts. Freaking they are diary standouts. of a wimpy
0: kid got a standout.
1: Like, oh my god! Yeah, he got to throw Roger, up on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would say there is a distinct villain, but Oppenheimer is not the distinct hero. Not at all. No.
0: And who would have thought too that seeing was it a bus or a train? I think it was a bus. It was very similar to the Captain America introduction in Infinity War. Where the bus comes by or the truck or whatever it is and just freaking Einstein is standing there. Oh, my god. It's like yeah. one of the coolest scenes. Yeah, You're like, this is the Avengers that, that's, of nerds.
1: It's like uh, – it was like a Stan Lee camo. You want to stand up and cheer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like we just – we can't really talk much about the plot because, yeah, you know what's going to happen. But every scene is so specific. And, yeah, the bomb does drop. And we can talk about it real quickly. The impact. Is unreal because the bomb drop or the when the when the test happens, mm-hmm. they, they they test it, it's silenced for like a few minutes. And after it, it hits you at the time where you're like, I don't think we're gonna hear it. Yeah. And then boom, it just absolutely destroys your eardrum.
1: So the first time I saw this, I, I actually had a really interesting experience, uh, my first time watching this. So I saw it uh after I watched Barbie. I watched Barbie and then I watched Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um and uh, Oppenheimer we saw on IMAX, which was the greatest decision I've made this year. Absolutely. Or last year, I guess. Um, but since we got our tickets on the day, um, we got third row all the way on the right side. Like, literally all the way on the right side. So, I was looking up at the screen at, like, <laughs> almost a 90-degree angle. Like, yeah. literally, like, yeah. like I was going to say like this, but they can't see me. Yeah. Um, that... Didn't really diminish my experience. After about ten minutes, I got used to the the angle that I was looking at the screen. It's like even, 5, every, Everybody's faces were kind of warped on the screen, but it didn't bother me too much after a minute. But, um, you, you I mean you know how IMAX is yes. like it's it's incredible. So when the test happens and it goes silent and this room full of like I don't know two hundred people. The, we're not eating anything. No, everyone's just drinking. bracing for you're, impact. Yeah. You're sitting there watching all of these people react to this gorgeous fireball, and then Oppenheimer <laughs> drops the hardest quote ever, and then my seat starts shaking. I dude, I felt <laughs> the force from the speakers. Yeah, it was so intense, and it lasted for like 15 yeah, seconds it, straight. It, it's insane. And then they they changed the camera angle. They showed the 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 or the
0: it's the exploding from afar. I yeah, believe.
1: at every uh, checkpoint. Yeah, at all from, four from checkpoints, the viewpoints. Yeah, yeah. About and that. every single time, it was just the loudest boom in the theater. It was insane. Yeah,
0: this this has obviously this one happened in Godzilla. Didn't. It didn't. Has the same effect as like either this is going to work or it's going to back. I was going to say blow up in her face, but that's like a little <laughs> too, or it's going to backfire. Again, we all know where this story goes, but the story doesn't end with. What do you the, want from
1: theory alone?
0: <laughs> the story doesn't end with, oh, they dropped the bombs and America won the war. Because most films, Um, I'm trying to think of ones that came out of this year. Iron Claw, we just saw, and it. It, it does this too. Like, if, oh, Elvis did this. A lot of films do this. If this was a realistic biopic, the bomb would have dropped.
1: Ferrari did this.
0: Yep. He would have got, he would have, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. He would have got on and shoulders, they would have clapped. They would have got – it would cut to black. It would be the like the legitimate monologue that the president gave that obviously the war was over. Mm-hmm. And it would just – like a couple words about Oppenheimer. Like it would, have, it would yep. have been that film. There is still an hour I believe in 15
1: minutes. That's one of my favorite things about this movie. And it's the, the best part. The park. climax of the movie happens an hour before it ends.
0: And then – well, yeah. I think we can talk about it. Well, first off, I'll, I'll say this because we're talking about one character in particular. Emily Blunt does a great job. Florence Pugh, Ooh. I love you. She did a great job. Um, Killian
1: Murphy, if you don't get the Oscar, I will stop watching the Oscars.
0: Well, I don't think you've ever watched them. in the beginning. I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I, I watched the past two. Um, Killian Murphy obviously knocked it out of the park. But I think everyone did a
1: great job. R- Even quick, for- b- before we get on to the highlight, can we talk about um, makeup and costume department? They make this man look 20 and then 30s, 40s, and then, like, 70. Yeah. And it's the same dude. The, the,
0: I I, I want to say that's going to win, but it obviously won't because uh, Maestro does it much better, okay. unfortunately, which is, like, really, really impressive.
1: Um, But— And they um, do it with every character. Well, not oh, every yeah. character, but they do it with Killian Murphy. They yeah. do it with Emily Blunt. Matt, Matt Damon. Yeah, they do it with Matt Damon.
0: I want to say that, too, because you got Matt Damon. Actually, hold on.
1: Let's just look up the list because
0: I, I want to go through this. Yeah,
1: can, can we see the, yeah, the absolutely ginormous ensemble of
0: – All right. Here we go, ladies and
1: gentlemen. <laughs> it's like Gary Oldman. Who do you want? Everyone. Yeah.
0: Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Josh Hartney, who did a great job, Casey Affleck, uh, Rami Malek – or Rami Malek. or oh Rami Malik.
1: He just came in and dropped all of the screenshots. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Kenneth I always forget how to pronounce his name Kenneth uh, Brana? Brana yeah yeah Jason Clark Dylan Arnold Tom I don't even know how to pronounce his name but he played Oppenheimer I apologize um huh oh Alden Ehrenreich I completely forgot oh my gosh name. yes he's one of the other standout characters yeah
1: he's um, really phenomenal
0: dude it just keeps going and Jack keeps Quaid going. had about five minutes of screen time and he yeah. killed it Josh Zuckerman, Alex Wolf, uh Sadie Stratton. And you know
1: what's cool? If you Guy look Burnett. up the cast for this movie, Tom Jenkins, Dane DeHaan. Was, oh yeah, he was. Yeah. He was oh my gosh. Like if you look up the cast Josh th-
0: Peck, I forgot about Josh Peck too. It's great.
1: Oh yeah, Gustaf Skarsgård. It's so crazy. Like, if you look up the cast for this movie and you look at everybody's picture, you recognize...
0: Most all of them, yeah. Almost
1: every single person on this list.
0: I That's what I want to say before we move on to... Uh, well, I want to say we're going to talk not just Robert Downey Jr., but Alden Ehrenreich because he plays a huge part in his mm-hmm. character. I, um, I liked
1: him from uh, Solo. He's the, a lot better he, than this, he, yeah. he convinced me that he's got it in this movie. Yeah. Um,
0: there are this many characters there are two directors that you would can actually there's three directors that I would consider big time directors that can get this kind of cast Marvel, well Marvel you can say if they have a r- unlimited money but yeah. um, that's a joke um, Wes Anderson obviously because yep. he has a ridiculous <laughs> did you original, see the poster um, for Astro yeah. City <laughs> mr. Denis, the Dune Man himself but he has a very. His is more specific. It's like I don't know that same... he he
1: doesn't really do like a bunch of people in one movie. He just gets big gets, name actors yeah. for every movie. Th- that, that
0: he does. That's I guess that's more. A, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, but then we budget.
1: we look at Dune and it's got yeah you know,
0: <laughs> but then it's it's Christopher Nolan like literally, yeah. I w- you would be insane if you were I, I an A-list would,
1: actor that wouldn't want to work with him. I would put Scorsese on that list as well. I think. Oh yeah,
0: but his is again it's a lot of the same people. Which in fairness, you know, Michael Caine is in every yeah. single film.
1: Except this one, sadly. Well, because he retired.
0: Yeah. But there's so many A-listers and B-listers and C-listers, D-listers. Like, we can go down the line. And it feels it doesn't feel like anyone's trying to take the spotlight. You will see...
1: Nobody's wasted and nobody's put on a pedestal.
0: You'll see someone who is the main character of your favorite show or your favorite movie. And they're in the movie. And you're like, that's sick. Four minutes later, they're gone. You never see them again. And you don't even think about it. Like... The cast is so stacked. And that was my only concern going into this movie is everyone is such a big deal name. I feel like everyone's going to try to take the spotlight. And yeah, they do because everyone's giving it their absolute all. But Killian Murphy, through and through, is the main character. But Robert Downey Jr., who has been the stereotypical, oh, he's Tony Stark, for literally 15 plus years now, gave one of his best performances of all time. I would say. I mean, you could disagree. It might be your favorite. Oh no, I, I definitely agree. In the shocking, vi- I'm blanking on who the name of like who do he play? I'm Louis Strauss. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> how did this? you forget that? I'm I'm slipping on everyone's <laughs> names right now. Who is, like, the shocking villain of the film. Like, he isn't the villain of the film, but he's the villain of the film. What you do you what mean, I mean by that? <laughs> he's he's not...
1: He's definitely the antagonist.
0: But that's the thing. Like, in in, in real reality, he's not the bad guy. The same like, way... Like, that, in real life? Yes, like, in that, actual history? Oppenheimer... He was a sly isn't... dog. What do you mean? <laughs> that's what, hell, I'm getting to my point. <laughs> Oppenheimer isn't the bad guy, or he isn't the hero. Like, oh, okay, yeah. both of these characters in the movie especially uh, Robert Downey Jr., is supposed to be written as in, I'm right. Everything I'm saying is right. I'm, my my cause, my purpose is for the greater mm. good of humanity. But you get to see the reality of the situation, which is it's, why he is the bad guy of this film.
1: It's like a real-life version of The High Evolutionary almost. Yeah. Like, he, he's so dead set on what he wants. Yeah. And the movie,
0: ultimately, is from his perspective. Because, yeah, it's from Killian's perspective – but well, they split it half and half. That's, that's the thing; that, they're both, and that's established at the very beginning. Yeah, and you get a lot of scenes that overlap. But my favorite part of the overlap, and I gotta watch this again, like to fully look. But in all of Killian Murphy scenes, um, Lewis's character does. I mean, he exists, but he is in the background. He doesn't mm. think about him at all. But every I mean, scene from Robert Downey Jr. perspective, there's this hatred for this man sitting yeah, across. You can from.
1: see it in his face. It's oh, it's so cool. I mean, Oppenheimer even says uh, when he finds out that Strauss was a shoe salesman, he's like, "Oh, who knew that Lewis Strauss was a bunch of a lowly shoe salesman?" Yeah, and he replies, "No, just a shoe salesman." Like he he's already feeling uh, competition, like yeah. for for status.
0: And it all it all starts at the beginning with a scene where. I can't remember exactly how it plays out. He brings Oppenheimer to an office,
1: uh, or does Oppenheimer yeah, bring him to the office? No, uh, Strauss brings him to the office. because yes. he's he wants him to leave the institution there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he gets in this office. There's like a little bit of yapping, real quick,
1: and then obviously
0: this the the scene that we finally get resolution at the very end of the movie, and it has I would say this is the best ending. Talk of about the film setup and payoff this year because my god, it was terrifying. But that's the point it's supposed to be is when he goes out and he talks to Albert Einstein. And this whole movie, basically the mentality that Strauss has starts from they're either talking about me or something to do with me. Like, So this whole movie, he has this illusion built up of that particular moment that basically is the first domino to the entire domino effect of what he thinks of Oppenheimer. And again, you're going to have to watch it for yourself because it, it, it's going to be hard for us to talk about dialogue because there's just so much of it.
1: The, but, there's a few quotes that I can think of, but yeah, like that's in, about in it terms of larger concepts, I'm. Yeah.
0: But when, when his character really becomes prevalent is at the end when it's a, this back and forth between Killian Murphy in the the. the boardroom. Yeah, the boardroom. I mean, he's being interrogated, mm-hmm. where basically this is a massive setup.
1: There's no win for Oppenheimer. He's screwed either way. Like the one dude said, it's kangaroo court with a predetermined outcome. Exactly. Exactly. I know that quote. <laughs>
0: that that that's a baller quote. And it keeps cutting from his perspective of like, oh my gosh, I'm absolutely screwed. His life's getting exposed. Obviously, uh, it's no secret from the trailer. He has this, this thing with this mistress who, Soviet. Yep. And, um,
1: well, not Soviet, but just communist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's getting exposed for all of these horrible things. And again, never once does Christopher Nolan like, ignore. like, oh, actually, like, he's a good guy. Like, he leaves it up to you on what your thoughts are on Oppenheimer, but it's balanced by the recap of basically the entire film from um, Ro- uh, Roberts—I said Robert Pattinson from Robert Downey Jr.'s character's perspective, but also uh, I'm trying to how does it play out. So the the Senate hearing is after the interrogation. So we're getting like yeah three different parts of the story all at the same mm-hmm. time. There's
1: three timelines running. Actually, four. No, 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 no. Never mind. Because mm-hmm.
0: the recaps happening in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's
1: the stuff in color is Oppenheimer's uh, perspective, but we have past and present. We have the him him yeah, going yeah, up yeah, to the Trinity yeah, yeah, test yeah. and him in the boardroom. Yeah, I was, I was getting. And way then all too all confused. the black and white is um, Strauss's trial. Yeah, yeah,
0: which is again really heavy on the dialogue, but really, really well executed. Um, I'm trying to think where I was going with this. Oh yeah, yeah. At the very end, obviously. Um, his character is matched with all Reich And you, you get the reveal that this was a double setup where he set up Oppenheimer, but Strauss was actually set up as well. Mm. And it does event, It basically has, it doesn't do a cut to black, read the words, but you basically find out what, what, what happens. I'm not going to spoil it because that particular scene is, is the emotions of Robbie Downey Jr. Are just yeah. perfect. Like his acting is incredible.
1: I don't know if he would do it all over. He would do it all the same. It's so freaking oh, good. I, I could watch that scene on loop. Dude, I could watch this movie on loop. There's so <laughs> many good scenes,
0: starting from the poisoned apple all the way to the very end where we get... I, I'm i curious how they did the shot with like literally all of the world's nukes
1: being shot off. Yeah. Uh, I, so actually, I got the, um, the three hours of special features yeah. DVD. I'm... So curious to watch that. I might actually yeah. try and get you to watch it with me. Because... I think
0: the thing I'm most curious about, and we, I've talked about this outside the podcast, is all of the scenes where you're getting into his head and the stomping and like the whole back, like the whole Oh, vibrating. the
1: the be, at the beginning. It happens a lot, or just throughout the whole movie.
0: Throughout the whole movie, like when the sets are vibrating and like the whole mm-hmm. background starts warping. Because I we do know how they do the lighting. Um, there's a couple scenes where like when they, when when stuff's hitting the fan they you've seen it too right where the, the boardroom is built outside in a lot and they have guys literally timed on the lights yeah where they tap their the shoulder the floodlights like, yeah, yeah those are that's cool Oof. but i, I just that's want to know how they did great scene oh yeah my i want to know how they did everything else like that but the movie ends where we finally do get closure to the conversation that him and um albert einstein had it's incredible by the way it's a very i, I want to say they talk for maybe 30 seconds it's very brief but then he hits you with the line again, you know, like I am, um, I'm so the eater of worlds. That's a lie. <laughs> uh, uh, I've, I I've done death, the true of worlds. Yeah, yeah. And it picks up with the same beginning track, or no? Because wait, no, he
1: only says that once. He didn't say that at the end.
0: Oh no no no, yeah yeah. At the be- end, he says something about like, you asked if I thought.
1: Oh, yeah, um, I. Oh my gosh! What did you say? Something about, I brought you the equations. Um, it would know, start. It would start a chain reaction that would destroy the world. We've already. Yeah, we've yeah. Already. And I, I believe we did something like that. Yeah, and it re. And I, it, Einstein's monologue is great in that yeah. scene, though, and ti- timed with the the flash forward to the ceremony, mm-hmm. to Oppenheimer's ceremony. That's. Woof.
0: Yep, and it and again you get to see these like these quick montages of. I think a couple of them are actual explode like wartime bombs dropped, mm-hmm. and you get to see these shots of like he's in a plane, and you see these missiles flying yeah. by, and then you from see the pers- of,
1: from the perspective of, of Oppenheimer. Uh, uh, well, yeah, but it it's Oppenheimer in the cockpit, but he's he's in Borden's perspective.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you see the. I mean, the shot was it's almost the same shot from X Men Apocalypse, where all the nukes are just shooting yeah. off into space. Like it's a, it's really kind of terrifying. But I think the highlight of that particular – the particular ending is that after you see all this craziness and you're like, oh, my gosh, is you do get to see that Strauss is there. And it almost ties back to his perspective at the beginning because at the beginning, he's all like, oh, what the hell are they talking about, blah, 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 all this. Yeah, you, And again, it, it, you, it concludes with Oppenheimer. He doesn't – like he matters, but he doesn't matter to Oppenheimer's story. Mm-hmm. It's
1: It's – It's so crazy because, like I said – uh, earlier with that quote from Strauss where he said, I know if he he could do it all over, he'd do it all the same. Yeah. Strauss doesn't impact Oppenheimer's actions in the Trinity Test that much. He do, no, he at all. He's
0: maybe mentioned like three times.
1: He is never there when they Wait, should... no, he doesn't even know Strauss until after the Trinity test.
0: Yeah, it's it's when they're having the dinner scene. He's no, but he's still brought up, I believe, um, with Matt Damon's character once. He is never there when they build the town to do all of these um, projects. He's never there during his college days. He's never there with any of his, like, marital stuff. It's
1: – He only he only shows up to ruin his reputation post-war.
0: Yeah. It's funny because we do live in this day and age, and I'm not throwing any of you guys under the bus. We're all guilty of this. We're, like, we try and make things about us.
1: I Ma- mean, main character syndrome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what he did. But uh, – I think that it is He's, very He clear. has
1: such an ego.
0: Yeah. I think it's very clear that this was the movie of the year.
1: Yeah. I mean, every literally everybody was and still is talking about this movie.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be – I mean, I was going to say it's going to be talked about for years and years to come. But literally any movie outside of Tenet, sadly, is that exact same way with his film. Uh, I, obviously, it's um, Christopher Nolan. I, I said this when the movie came out when we talked on the movie vault i truly believe that if christopher nolan did not direct this this movie would not have been to the same
1: level that's facts there's it, i feel like there's a lot of movies this year or just in general that
0: that are that exact way yeah. if you
1: give it to a different director it's not as good exactly. which i feel like that's kind of a a cop out i don't but know but it's
0: but like like outside of marvel because sadly it is like it's it's literally ran by a committee directors make or break the films mm-hmm. because it's their vision it's their inspiration it's their desire it's what it, it's what it is it's why
1: you know blade it's why, runner it's why the guardians movies are so good yeah. and why eternals is not so good
0: it's why well that's what i was gonna say it's why blade runner and dune and prisoners and enemy and any one of the other films that then he has made Arrival. it's why Arrival. rival you look at it, and you're like, you, you just just off of like one frame, you know who made it. Mm-hmm.
1: Same with Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan has a distinct style, a distinct taste. Um, same with Wes Anderson. Same with Scorsese. Yeah. Every every director that has a fan base has a style, and they have a fan base because of that style. And if you give their projects to a different director, imagine Wes Anderson doing Tenet. That would be so strange. I'm sure it would, it would still be, be cool. Good. good. It yeah. would it would feel a lot more like Grand Puda Best Hotel, I think, because oh, yeah, those chase yeah, scenes sure. would go crazy. But it would be so different. I would I would love if I had creative control over Hollywood. I would give the same.
0: We need to do an episode on this. Action. I would say give you're gonna say yeah. First I
1: would yeah. give the same script, screenplay, whatever you want to call it, to two different directors, two different directors and see what they come up with. I would love sweet. to do yeah. that.
0: There is a, a film coming out this year. I forget what it's called. It is a western film. Oh, with, yeah. No, no. We is, is, it the, it. is it the two-parter yeah, with uh, it's Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Kevin Costner two-parter. Yeah, I, I thought I was talking to uh, Ike about that for some reason. But no, we were talking about it the other day. I, I mean, it's a two-part film. I would love – almost like how Zack Snyder has the Justice League, which obviously isn't his in the Justice League. Like you take the same movie and maybe they – like actually here's how you would need to do it. This is how you'd make it really interesting. They have to film – together the exact same movie so it's not like they split off like they same cast same crew same everything but just see how stylistically it's different how the music's different how the tone's different
1: i don't think that'd be possible because
0: it would be very difficult they would want
1: they would want different sets yeah and different props and things there's no way they'd be yeah i don't know
0: if that's really possible but those are our top tens and our honorable yeah we were talking
1: about top tens or something yeah let's let's (laughs)
0: let's tackle a few other things uh what what like i mean i i know you don't have maybe off the top of your head but I want to talk about at least a few disappointing film like movies that we maybe that we thought were gonna shoot for the stars that was an absolute disappointment and then a few that really surprised I got a few of the disappointments let first. me
1: let me see if I have any disappointments um I got a couple so I'm gonna I'm gonna knock them out this wasn't a huge disappointment but I was definitely expecting transformers rise of the Beast to be better than it was yep same um asteroid city was a little disappointing initially but it really grew on me that, that's yeah. that's why I made my honorable mentions. I think I need to rewatch
0: that. I think the ones for me that really, really, really stand out. One was Bo's Afraid. And the thing I love about yeah. this movie is it is either in your top three or it is one of your bottom three films. That, and for me, that goes for me, too. I didn't love it. I think it, it shot for the stars. It did a lot of <clears throat> really bizarre things that we didn't see the rest of the year. And I just don't think it worked. I think the big one for me was Indiana Jones. I was severely disappointed and devastated with how bad that film was. Uh, but last one for disappointment, I will say, or two, I got two, uh, three more, one that you disagree with. So I'll mention that one last, uh, Megan. I don't get what the hype was. I genuinely hated that movie. It is in my bottom half or my bottom 10. I really disliked that movie. Um, the big one, which sadly, I think we could both agree that we kind of saw coming. At least I saw it coming was rebel moon was just bad
1: remember I told you I was gonna try and watch that the day it came don't out. do it i I almost have zero interest in watching it. The execution
0: like not the, sorry the vision is there. the first five minutes sets this this universe up very well, and I'm like, okay, I'm in, but the execution is just so bad and the thing that I think that they as a Netflix and Zack Snyder have done is there's a snyder cut version of this that's coming out for part one, not even part two, so we're getting. The Snyder cut of Part One. We're getting Part Two, and then the Snyder cut of Part Two. Nothing about this film makes me want to see an extended version. Yeah, it no, is two that... minutes and fifteen, or two hours and fifteen minutes extra. My go- no, that's how long the first one is. Oh, it geez. is a drag. I thought I was watching, freaking Killers of the Flower Moon, three and a half hours. Like it is brutal to get through. So that was a big disappointment. But I think my not my biggest disappointment because there's enough in it that I liked. But I thought sixty five was going to be this like sleeper top ten movie, and I just, I just didn't like it.
1: Did you actually expect it to be really good? I
0: thought it was going to be really good. <laughs> the, my main reason for thinking that was that Adam Driver is so selective in what he chooses that I was like, oh well. If you, and you said that this, about
1: Lakeith Stanfield for a Haunted Mansion, and that didn't turn out fine hey, either.
0: I haven't seen it.
1: You haven't watched it? No,
0: I have zero desire to see it. I mean, it's not bad. No, but but Adam Driver specifically, much more than Keith Stanfield. Stein- yeah. He is very selective. I mean, like, you know, he he got big off of Star Wars. Love or hate Adam Driver. Like, that's... That and Marriage Story. That Well, that's the thing. Like, Marriage Story is what really launched him into this, like... Oh, so he uh, that and Black, Black Klansman, it's like Yeah, this guy can is freaking act. Very specific. And we just watched Ferrari the other night, which was good, but it wasn't great. But that Adam Driver
1: film, was the best part of yeah, that movie. And
0: that felt like a movie that Adam Driver like poured his heart and soul in like that. Like, and you could tell because I think he was a producer. Like he wanted to be, be a part of that film. He ain't gonna be well, unless I eat my words when he was rumored to be fantastic <laughs> Miss Fantastic. He's not the kind of actor that is gonna just do anything. Like, I don't know. I probably just I think the concept of sixty-five is fascinating.
1: Yeah, but... i i definitely did expect a lot more out of that film. Yeah, but it didn't. It's just a fun, dumb action movie. Yeah,
0: it 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 does enough that like if 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 somebody has it on, or, like if I'm absolutely bored and I can't find it, like I'll watch it again. Yeah, i i just I don't know. I i I expected it to be a whole lot better, but
1: honestly, you know, it's kind of weird the sci-fi dinosaur genre. Well, subgenre, I guess it's not a main genre yeah, at all. Yeah, no, the the sci fi dinosaur subgenre car- genre combination is non existent. No. And, and that's the first, that's the only one I can think of. And yeah. it's not even like horrible, it's yeah. just not. Oh, I'll it's not also, great.
0: I'll also just throw it in The Flash. Look, I didn't expect it to be good. But when – and this is no – this I can actually say is a disrespect to James Gunn. When he came out and said this is one of the best superhero films of all time. <laughs> I and, remember that. and Tom Cruise is literally acting like – I mean, I don't know. He watched Shawshank. I, I mean, it's yeah. just unbelievable how messed up this movie was. because I mean, I felt genuinely betrayed by how yeah. mediocre it was. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is what you hype up? I'm like, I don't know.
1: But th- those are at least for me. Some I, of the disappointments. I went and saw the Flash on a whim. I went to an eleven p.m. showing because I was so bored one night. Like uh, I have nothing to do, and it's, it's late.
0: It's just not that
1: good. And it was. I'm not gonna say it was a waste of two hours, but I should have watched something else. Do yeah. You have any other disappointments? Um. I don't think so. I have. I have quite a few surprises. Uh, pleasant surprises. Yeah, I got.
0: I got a few. Let's just get into those. Uh, surprises for am
1: I'm I'm sure this goes for both of us Uh, and I think we talked about it already so we don't have to talk about it too much but uh, D&D. Yep. Huge Huge surprise. surprise. Yep. Loved it. I mean you uh, compared it to Bullet Train which was also a big surprise. Um...
0: You had this one on your honorable mentions. Mine was Gran Turismo. I thought it was me garbage. I was I yeah, loved it. Dude, I was like, dang, this is really good.
1: You know, the only reason I went and saw that movie is because my mom was so excited to watch it. She thought it looked hey, so good, and good I was like, her. you know what? I can get you a free ticket. So yeah. let's go. It was and, good, and I ended up seeing it twice. It yeah, was I, great. I want to say about
0: this movie though. I've seen a lot of people hating. Like, oh, the story is completely inaccurate. We live in a world where almost every movie nowadays is based off of a true story. Yeah. It's not accurate. That's fine. Yeah, like.
1: And, and you know what's funny? New, they but... even asked the the the, the bio... actual guy, yeah, the... who's a
0: huge supporter of this movie, yeah,
1: and they got his okay, so to speak, to reorder the events of yeah. the movie. The crash, his crash, doesn't happen before the Le Mans race. No. It happens afterwards. Yeah, in, like in his in real life, that the his crash happened later. And they reorder it for the sake of the plot of the movie. And it works so well. Yeah,
0: it would have been weird if the high point happens and the movie ends with the wreck. So, like, you know, shout
1: out to David Harbour for being legend also.
0: David Harbour's really good. Orlando Bloom is one of the funniest actors because like (laughs) he will never escape that weird two thousands era where he was like on top of the world. Like he's just not that great of an actor. But he's always a a blast to watch no matter what it is, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, in terms of animated movies, um, I hot take. I think Team and T was uh, sec- or probably third best animated. I would put, I would put Boy and the Heron across the Spider Verse. Uh, Team That's probably valid. That's like in terms of just animation quality. That's yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah,
0: TMNT was. I'm
1: sorry, Mario, but not uh,
0: look. There's nothing special about the way they animate their films. Um, another one for me was They Clone Tyrone. I'm not going to even talk about it. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. That was in my, that was in my honorable mentions. If we kept going, like I think, if upon a rewatch, that might creep into like my top fifteen. That movie was weird in like the best ways. I'm trying to see what else.
1: I have a couple movies on here that are uh, just like oddballs. Um, no, I got a few as well. So the first one is Old Boy, two thousand three, mm-hmm. Korean film. Uh, I didn't know what to. So this is twentieth anniversary for this movie. I didn't know what to expect at all. Uh, yeah. I knew I just knew that it was like a movie you have to see if you're a a film junkie or whatever, and it blew me away. I, yeah, I would absolutely watch it again. I highly recommend it to anybody that likes film. Uh, similar to Saltburn in a way where it's going to be uh, hard to watch at points and really uncomfortable, but it is a masterpiece. Yeah, no,
0: that's completely fair.
1: The second one is the Lego Movie. Uh this is my favorite movie of all time. These and are rewatch or these were re-releases the, the, by yes, the way. Yes, these if were re-releases. Aware, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lego movie came out in 2014, it's my favorite movie of all time. I was the That's only valid. I was the only person in the in the theater to watch this movie. I had to drive uh almost to Cincinnati to watch this cuz I had to be at work at uh, later afternoon and it was the only place, the only theater I could find that was showing it earlier in the day it was somewhere in Cincinnati. Mm uh and it was a great theater but i was the only person in there so i quoted the whole thing by myself to I an know, empty room fair. and it was great and i still cried when uh unikitty's crying yeah Spoiler judge me okay.
0: i got well if you keep looking i got the
1: the only one that i was going to mention again is um paw patrol <laughs> <laughs> that's fair uh it's it's not good i'm so sorry to all you four-year-olds who went and saw this i just wanted to see it because i'm so far out of the demographic that that i i I was curious what my opinion of it would be and it's not good
0: i would say three more surprises one was the hunger games movie just because i'm so tired of mega blockbuster reboots and sequels and prequels but i i came out of it i think i know that you saw and you had no idea what the hell was happening (laughs) pretty much it was, I, it was still good though. Yeah, as, a, as a Hunger like,
1: Games uh, newbie novice, yeah, yeah, it's it's still good.
0: I came out of it like that's pretty good, but then like I I still think about it every now and then. So I think that for me it was a, a pleasant film, um, the wonderful world of Henry Sugar, which was in my honorable mentions. I I probably like Wes that Anderson, film.
1: Netflix original.
0: Yeah, more than most people, I love that. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is hindered by <laughs> Doctor Strange. I'm sorry. That is absolutely true. His, I think his best performance recently was, um, the Call of the. The Power of the Dog. Yes, I was thinking of the Call of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, that's like, what, what I thought you were gonna hell? say. Yeah, Power of the Dog. That was an unbelievable That's Also, a, I might have to watch that because I want to get into westerns. It's it's very uncomfortable, but like a really good film. Uh, the two for me though, um, well, one is in my bottom like. Twenty films, but I consider that a huge surprise. Was eighty for Brady? Was like actually? <laughs> I really remember funny. you watching this. I watched and it here. really
1: liking it. I was like, and you know, it's funny. It's uh, it's on the TV right in front of us. Yeah, it's right yeah. there.
0: I was like, okay, like there's a lot of like celebrity cameos that are not actors and actresses that are just like wildly funny. Like I'm gonna spoil one, but like Guy Fieri is in this movie, and <laughs> it it makes no sense. Whatsoever, and I had to I had to look it up because obviously this movie is the loosest based on a true story <laughs> film of all time. Like this does cut to black at the end and tells the real story of these eighty year old grandmas who are big Tom Brady fans. It's just crazy. Like, I, let me, I'm gonna spoil it. I, are you gonna watch I, this?
1: You told me to watch it.
0: I'm probably all never right. gonna watch. This it. is how crazy this movie gets with like loosely based. The particular Super Bowl that this took place, and I know you don't know sports, but it is infamous that the. Atlanta Falcons were up 28 to three and they ended up losing in overtime. Here's what happens. Wait, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Here, here's what happens when they are down that bad. The grandmothers take matters into their own hands. They end up getting into the offensive coordinators box and they get on the headset and they talk to Tom Brady and they give him a hype, like rally
1: and they win the game. And, and, Tom Brady – For for some reason, I thought you were going to say they'd get on the field and play the game. No.
0: It gets even crazier, though. Tom Brady, at the end of – like, when the Super Bowl is over and they're in the locker room, he invites them backstage and thanks them for the win. He's like, thank you for – like, you inspired me to win this game. We won this for you. And there's other, like, famous Patriot players from this year, and they're all, like, thanking them. Like, you guys are the reasons that we play. I'm like, oh, my God. This is just crazy. But there's a scene where – well, there's a lot of just bizarre scenes but there is this weird subplot where like one of the characters is basically terminally ill and she's not going to like, she doesn't want them to know, but through her, like, retirement home boyfriend they find out that she is like terminally ill and the movie pulls like the biggest surprise at the very end where it it, it basically like does a jump to the next patriot super bowl and they're all sitting around the house and the, the 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 recliner chair that that one friend she's not sitting in there and like her jersey is like over the chair and you're like oh okay she died and then like you hear the bathroom you hear like the toilet flush and she walks out and you're just like Oh my god, this movie is—it
1: it was just hilarious. I—I I love how long you've talked about this film, dude. It's just that funny. <laughs> I wanna—I wanna shout out two movies in particular that uh, were a highlight of my December movie watch. Watching? Did they um, come out in December? They did come out in December.
0: Oh, dang it! Because I had two in my December, but they didn't come out this year. <laughs> but
1: continue. Uh, first one was Wonka, which was in our honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I. I can't stop thinking about this movie and it might be because it's just it's still in theaters and I work in a movie theater so it's around me all the time That's probably... but I cannot stop thinking about how unique and like this movie is a a joyful like two and a half or not even two and a half it's like an hour and 45 right I, it's it's right around two hours but the yeah, whole but thing not... is it's just a feel good wholesome story with good music yeah I, I'll definitely need to watch it again uh, and the second December highlight was anyone but you. Now, you didn't watch this because you bailed, but that's, 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 to be. that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so this this theater had uh seven seats left open when I watched it at uh seven thirty at night, which is expected for a, a Saturday. But I I don't see a whole lot of movies with. Uh, like Full House movies, where every seat is taken, being in an environment, watching a, a rom-com with a bunch of, like a very wide variety of, of people, it, and everybody's laughing. It was, it was a good time. Every single visual comedy or, like, underhanded joke or like ongoing gag everybody was laughing and it was so refreshing to be in that environment again because like I said I don't watch a whole lot of movies yeah in, like in crowds yeah but also anyone but you is just a good like it's a good film is is a, a surprise it was that was one of my surprises of the year
0: that's really all we have to add. I could say we could talk about our, our most anticipated films of the year. Mine's Dune. Everything else. Mine's I Dune. I don't. I, I need. To, <laughs> I don't even know it's coming out yeah. next year. It's all sequels and. Yeah, I need to figure that out. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a long episode. Um, thank you for joining us. We're on like what two and a half hours. Yeah, but I'm. I, there's a lot that I'll be able to. You edit can around. almost watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. Listen to us or watch Oppenheimer. But, uh, yeah, this is only part one. Ike has to do his part, oh, so, my God, this is going to be a long week, maybe, maybe he won't ramble as much as we did. That's all. Go away now. <laughs>